With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again, my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and Brennan McElinden, our Photoshop extraordinaire. And uh, guys, before we get going uh, at all, I, I want to point out just one quick thing. And I want to just point to uh, you know, something that happened recently was the Jameer Smith leaving the team. Uh, no longer going to be playing football for Notre Dame right now. Uh, and then today on Twitter, he, uh, he announced... Uh, why? And that was because uh, he is seeking some help, uh, some mental health. You know, he's seeking for some better mental health. And I thought that was pretty courageous uh, and pretty, pretty open uh, for somebody to, to do. And uh, I I was, you know, I don't know uh, Jameer Smith very well, but, you know, I was pretty proud of him. I'm, you know, of, of somebody to uh, take a take a huge platform like that and kind of expose yourself as uh, as flawed uh, and, it, you know, still in a world where, you know, it, where still people still look at up on weakness. Uh, I was pretty amazed and really proud of him for uh, taking the, taking any correct step to help himself out uh, mentally. Yeah, I mean, I think in this, you know, we've we've seen a little bit of this in the last couple of years with the, the Bell Let's Talk uh, campaign or whatever. Um, you know, I think that the more that we talk about our mental health issues and we talk openly about it and the fact that we're all seeking help and some of us take medication and some of us go see uh, therapists or psychiatrists um, to help us deal with it, the, the more that it feels less isolating. And, um, and you know, I, I'm very proud of Jameer. I think that's it's a hard, hard thing to make yourself vulnerable um, especially on the internet where it's, you know, full of people that, uh, are looking for any excuse to tear people down. So I, I just, I, I appreciate his honesty and I, I wish him the best of luck. And I really hope that he finds what he needs at Notre Dame in terms of, um, you know, services to, to get him back on the right track, because I think hey, it's kudos to all. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jude. I'm sorry. I just think it's a thousand times more important that he gets his head right than he continues to play another down of football. So, um, very smart kid was was offered scholarships by all the Ivies, if I recall correctly. So, yes, um, he's got a bright future ahead of himself, and it's just important that that he recognizes his limitations and and he's he's going to seek the right outlet for it. So, and kudos. kudos to so many of you guys out there. Uh, and I guess I noticed it because so many of the people that that you know that I know Jude and Brendan and I you know follow we interact with friends of ours on Twitter. So many of those people reached out and uh, you know offer their support to Jameer, and I think that's extremely important. Um, and it was you know really nice to see because you know regardless of he you know he has no idea what you know when he posted that 
maybe how that's going to go with fans, especially the way fans can be. And I think that's, you know, a good thing for him that everybody did to offer that support to kind of, you know, give him the confidence that he made the right decision and for him, uh, you know, to really move forward. And you've seen other programs. Like I remember last summer, um, you know, 10 years ago in 2019 when Jim Harbaugh took an entirely different approach when James Hudson tried to transfer out of the Michigan program, citing mental health reasons. And uh, Jimmy Harbaugh was not receptive to that. And the fact that Jameer went out of his way to mention uh, the support that he had from the coaches and the university uh, kudos, kudos to them too, for, for understanding that things are hard and not everybody, you know, people need help. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. And if you do ask for help, um, it really shows a lot when when people are willing to step up and help you. So, absolutely. So, whew, good luck to Jameer uh, in the future and and, wh- and whatever and however he does. Uh, like Jude said, he's a he's a smart kid. So, um, you know, he reached out to get the help, uh, and I have no doubt that. Uh, that he can make uh, his future the best future for himself and his for and for his family. All right, gentlemen. Now let's get to the let's get to some let's get to some juice. It's pit week, y'all. Jude, uh, that's how a excited are you on rivalry a scale week? From, yeah, it, it is. It is, and I will I will definitely get to uh, get to that. How excited are you, Jude? It's pit week. I'm like. Uh, 1982 Dan Marino excited. Ooh, um, that's high. That's yeah. High. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited. Brendan, what about you, buddy? I mean, right now, Pitt is our biggest and only rival presently on the schedule. So Absolutely. this is rival for me. Well, hold, hold on a second. We're, we're playing a holy war against Boston College later this year. No, right? no, 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 I said, I said, rival, this will be, not <laughs> this will be the seven. This will be the 72nd time that Notre Dame and Pitt will have faced off. So if with all, with the slate that we have in 2020, this is actually like their mo- the pick game. This is how fucking crazy this is. The pick game is our most normal game of 2020. Our absolutely most normal game. To like the biggest yeah. feel like real, real life and, until we play year. USC in the bowl game, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Is he making the play? <laughs> oh. So I mean, we talked to you know we talked a lot the off season uh, as we normally do about big R's and little R's. Yeah. And really, I don't. You know, maybe we don't put Pitt into the big R, but you know, sure you can you can slide him over to big R right now because you know what they're the only R. They're literally the only R. Do not say Clemson. That does it does not count yet. Got to win one. Got to win one. It is a it is an it is an eyeball one too, right, Brendan? That's a game. That's a series that has a future, a possible future attached to it, uh, but it is not there. The closest thing we have right now, as I go full demon voice, excuse me, is is Pitt. I mean, this is what this is what's got me so excited. And so. Uh, Brennan mentioned this story uh, weeks ago, and it, it stuck with me. It stuck with me. So when I was put together, uh, it, you know, please check out the site. You know, we always have good stuff. Uh, but one of the good things you can do is I, I every week, every game week, 
there is a single post, and it's the game week stream. So everything that we we put out about that game, both before and after, goes on that that stream. Uh, so you know, and I generally have to write a little bit of something on there. Uh, and sometimes it's it's lame, and sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's just got a little stat. Sometimes it's just uh, a bunch of shit talk. But I made sure to read that story stuck with me that Brennan re- that talked about. Uh, so I put that up there, and that was about the last time that when Notre Dame and Pitt played in 1999. It was the last game ever at what was Pitt Stadium, uh, old Pitt Stadium. It was before they moved. Uh, actually, they actually went to Three Rivers for for a year after that before they went to Heinz Field. Uh, but it, it, at the end of the game, so th- this is you know they beat they beat Notre Dame. It was kind of a pretty like exciting win. And they had this box. Uh, it, it, it was like someone was escorted to the center of the field and they opened up the box and they were responsible for capturing the spirit of Pitt Stadium. And it, there were 60,000 people in attendance, which was at which they said was the uh, the highest attended game at Pitt Stadium uh, for like the last 13 years. So it was a it was a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. Last game at there. So they made this huge deal about this, and they're capturing the spirit. They close the box, and then it it, it leaves in a Brinks truck. As, they brought as the truck on the field. Yeah, someone's gonna steal the spirit of Penn Stadium. But then those then they had it, you know, on display, uh, you know, at its uh, practice complex and their pit hall, the pit hall of fame. Uh, they had, a, but then they brought the damn thing out like a bunch of heathen idiots. Uh, so they brought it out when they played Miami uh, in 2001. Uh, so it was, <laughs> it, it was. I'm pretty sure Miami housed them that night, uh, if I if I remember correctly. So, anyways, there's a lot of history between Pitt and Notre Dame that always gets like pushed to the side. By fans because we have so many quote unquote big R and little R rivalries, you know, at all those discussions. But there's a lot going on. Seventy, this, this seventy-one times these teams have played, and usually what Notre Dame fans do is they categorize Pitt preseason as just they they just scratch a W next to it. I mean, it's fine, you know, we do a, a lot of teams. Uh, but but then you know the, the game the game week comes about and everyone gets a little bit a little bit not in their stomach. Because they know that these games are actually pretty fucking weird. They're strange. They don't really go the way they're supposed to. Uh, you you have you know these these uh, images in your head of of uh, Tyler fucking Palco. Uh, things get wild and crazy and strange. And but people don't really appreciate the the series the rivalry uh, enough. This is the year. This is it, y'all. Welcome to Rivalry Week. I actually am pretty. Pissed at myself for not making more of a deal on the site this week. Um, it, it's, just, it's been a really bad couple of weeks for for me and my mental health. Uh, so I haven't been able to uh, to to really do a bunch of extra stuff. But uh, this is huge. I, I think I think this is big. Just because, just because. Fuck fuck your Clemson talk. This is just big. <laughs> I like it because uh, style makes fights. And the thing that I'm most excited for about this particular game, besides just fuck Pitt, but um, this is the first time Notre Dame's offensive line, which pro football focus is heralding as the greatest offensive line to God 
you know, to grace God's green earth. It's the first time that they're going to face a serious challenge. And make no mistake, um, Pitt's defensive line is, at least in the one deeps, but Pitt's defensive line is very good. So I think the part that I'm most excited for is this Pitt defense that's the number one rushing defense in the nation. They lead the nation in sacks, in tackles for losses, and all of it's coming from you know their defensive line. And I'm just very excited to see what this Notre Dame offensive line looks like against Pitt's defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've been talking about this offline or on the podcast, but that's that's to me the mat, the matchup to to watch. It's it's strength against strength, and um, I, I'm I'm for one looking forward to it because if if Notre Dame can't get their run game going, it's gonna be it could be possibly a, a very long day. So. Okay. All right. We will get more into, we will, will, this is the pit preview podcast, literation Supreme here uh, for y'all. So, but we got a little business to get rid of before we get into all of our pit madness. Uh, And that's the reviews. You you fellows ready for these? Let's do it. Uh, Only uh, only five stars. Yeah. The, them Julian love earned five stars. Now, just a reminder, everybody, please go over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review uh, and a five-star rating would be uh, appropriate. I believe at, at all times uh, and let us know what the, what you think now, full disclosure. I, so I have, I got three five-star reviews tonight and full disclosure. All three of them are re reviews. Uh, one of them actually states that he's a re review, uh, but unless I'm completely wrong and I don't believe I am, uh, so this isn't hashtag Josh is wrong. Uh, all three of these, uh, just, they just redid the reviews, which means it pops back up. They're on there. I'm pretty sure they were all five stars to begin with. Uh, so this stays the same, but I'm going to read them, but I am also going to going to, to ask all of you out there. Uh, I mean, you, you could, maybe it's something with the, within the podcast itself changes and you want to, you want to change up your, uh, you know, you review a little bit. That's great. That's cool and all. And I'll, I'll definitely read it. I will read it. The new one's coming in. The date means everything to me. But if you just got some stuff to, to say, want to talk about, come on over to the site. We, you know, we are there. We live there. Uh, so, you know, the podcast post itself, you can comment on that uh, or any of the, you know, the four to five articles a day or whatever it is that go up there. Uh, we're all over there. There's, there's a great group of guys, uh, uh, you know, talking to Notre Dame football, there's, you know, there's a couple of eccentrics. Uh, there's a couple of <laughs> extremists. Uh, it, it's, it's a random mix. So if you think this podcast is like, is like a bar, right? We're just one table. We're the cool ass, like, like round table in the corner, uh, you know, getting bottle service, but there's still the rest of the bar. Right. And the rest, of, I mean, I mean, you got the dance floor cooking on over there. You know, Pat's breaking it down over there hard, uh, you know, you know, just sip it back on some, you know, some Long Islands. This is a, this is a this is a bigger scope than just us three, uh, you know, up here talking a whole bunch of shit. So if you want to ha- if you want to hang, if you want to talk, come on over to the site. If you if that ain't your thing, maybe Twitter is. Uh, we're all on Twitter at one foot down at the subway domer at NDJRS at very, very piety. Uh, our good friend, Greg Flamong at Greg 2126. I mean, 
we're all there, man. Come on over. Let us know. Let me know. Say, hey, man, I listen to the podcast. You know, if you come on Twitter, hey, I listen to the podcast, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk. We're always open. For, you know, we're always open to uh, to shoot the shit. So having said all that, let me get to the reviews. Does that sound right, guys? That is that. Was yeah, that an inviting. Was that kind of an inviting thing? Like, come on in, man. The the fuck this bar don't fucking close. Uh, yeah, I, the only I well, guess the only thing I, I was thinking was like we might be the ones behind the bar uh, in this configuration, or it might be like a head table say, type of thing or whatever. I, I am not working, dude. But people I mean, are definitely I, congregating. Right? No, it's like a bar we own, like in our own house. So that's what I'm figuring. Are, are you like. trying to say we're like Sam Malone? Or no, I, I think we're more like. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, I, I feel like I'm a Cliff Clavin. Um, yes, you are definitely. A- you're you're definitely a norm. Uh, <laughs> Piety is like what? What do we think Brendan is? Oh, tough Fraser. I don't know. He seems like a Fraser to me. <laughs> he seems like I'll a take Fraser. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So now, now that we got our roles established, I guess you know we could we get it. So all right, let's get into these reviews uh, so we can start uh, talking shit about Pitt. All right, first one is from Nathan Coleman, 45. <clears throat> Amazing podcast. I love the podcast. You guys, give, you guys give honest and great takes on Notre Dame football. I just listened to the last episode following the 12-7 victory over Louisville. I agree with pretty much everything you guys were spot on. I love our running game, the development of Michael Mayer, and, of course, the offensive line. I think the reason for our dull passing game is the fact that we have young receivers. They can't get on the same level as Book. I like Book, and I think he's a good quarterback. We've seen him do really well with great talent. Right now, his number one target is catching balls from Big Ben. The, the closest thing we have to that right now is Michael Mayer, Lindsey, and Tremble. Everyone else is underperforming. To be fair, Book has missed some throws. I think it could be early season woes and an inconsistent schedule. I trust him and Kelly will figure it out. I hope he can bounce back and fix, fix things going forward. The defense is great, except maybe the linebackers. Overall, I think we're a good team. It could be Clemson. We just need to fix the problems. Love the podcast, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Go Irish. Like that. Ooh, that was a lot of, that's a lot going on there, Nathan, Nathan jr. Uh, look, <laughs> not, there's not a lot of, not, not let's disagree with when he says he agrees with us and then, and, and then, you know, restate some of the right. points that we made on the podcast. So Rattles um, it out. I pr- yep. appreciate the review and, um, you know, we'll continue to tell it like it is, um, I may not be as bullish on uh, beating Clemson as, as he is, but, uh, you know, it's just what it is. It's- All right. This next one is a five-star from Pereira Ferrer. And I, I believe he put, he submitted this right after the Louisville game. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut him a lot of slack here, uh, because he, he, ha- he has a, a bad take on here, which is fine because it was an emotional response after a w- extremely weird game. Uh, so it says, Coach Hose, I can't believe I skipped my kids' cross country meet for the scrap. I can't believe I can't <laughs> believe he did either. They will drop. <laughs> they will drop out of the top ten for sure and deserve to. Book can't compete a complete a pass past forty yards, and I love Book. What was the fake field goal? Why? This team will get fifty plus put on them by Clemson. North Carolina will best them as will another three loss team and BK. Is thinking. <clears throat> Contra, I don't agree with pretty much anything there. Uh, f- first, I think you should have 
once your kids cross country meet. Uh, second, I didn't think they were going to drop out of the top 10. In fact, I, I knew they were going to rise up if, you know, whatever happened. It, as long as Bama, Georgia wasn't a uh, 27-26 last-minute game, uh, completing a pass past 40 yards is actually a very hard thing to do, and especially in that game with a lot of wind, even more difficult. Well, uh, can we define lot. what completing a, a? Are we talking about forty air yards or just a, a yeah, play that goes forty I'm, yards? I'm, I'm seeing. I'm looking at it like, like in the air, which is okay. Difficult. So it's not a three yard dump to Tyree, then he ju- and he runs right thirty seven right. yards. Okay. I think I think most people are when they talk about book and his and his deep throw passing, they're not really look. They're not suggesting like the like the pop the quick pop pass that would go for sixty yards. You know what I'm saying? Right. Those yards don't they're, count. Like a like a bomb bomb. Yeah, those, uh, uh, those sixty yard passes don't count as sixty yard passes, though, right? They they I mean, they have they different. Yeah, no, they keep them on a different stat sheet, um, right? Of course. No, they're called, they're it's a passing. Wait, what? You mean you mean <laughs> it still counts the same if you throw it through the so air? Is weird. it weird? The what was, so was the weird. was it BG or New Mexico? Which one was it? Because I I will always confuse. Uh, it was New Mexico. Both those two. New Mexico was uh, like. Book really had what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those had what? Two or three of them that game. Here's the one that gets me where it's just like the little pitch pass. Um, Cause I think it's a run and then it's not till afterwards. Like, Oh, it's a pass. Like I get, sometimes I get a little bit mixed up and confused with whether or not they're counting it as a run or a pass where it was like, I think who, who was it? It wasn't too, uh, who was it? He just like, sort of like, Pitched the ball forward a little bit. Davis. I think it was Avery. Yeah, it was Avery Davis. Davis. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was Avery. Yeah, and that's, and that's really all based on Notre Dame's SID. Yeah. How they it's count It's like them. an error right. in baseball where Placido Polanco yeah. for the Tigers had this ridiculous error streak uh, that went on forever and a half. And the scorekeeper at Comerica was very was terrible. Well, no, yes. He was, yeah, he was <laughs> generous. with the, He would give Miggy some errors and stuff just so Placido could keep it going. And it was I, like... Man. I think he just felt bad because Polanco's head was the size of the fucking moon. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that that that, uh, that dome. <laughs> that head was. Polanco ever grew his hair out? Because I mean, his head was big enough. He was not world, a. Like, he was definitely not a natural birth. Uh, let's just put it that way, because that dome you know, was <laughs> enormous. You know, what reminds me. You remind me of uh, was uh, uh, well, that MTV uh, cartoon. Oh, the uh, the brain. Yeah. Was it Pinky the brain or was no? It, it was it was the head. It was called. Was it the, the head? head? The head. Yes, the head came on after the max. Yes, <laughs> that's what blog always remind me of. Uh, so I want to talk about the the fifty plus about the seven seven times seven times book has thrown forty or more yards through the air. Are you ready? Because I I can do this. Two thousand seventeen against Miami of Ohio, complete to Chris Fink for forty eight yards, forty five through the air. Uh, Two thousand seventeen incomplete. Uh, 40, oh, 52 yards to Equinemia St. Brown and during North Carolina Ooh. game, Excellent. uh, 2017, also North Carolina, uh, incomplete to Chris Fink. I believe this is the one that almost got picked off. Um, 2018 against Wake Forest incomplete, uh, 42 yards. Chris Fink was the intended target. 2019, uh, incomplete USC, uh, Chase Claypool was a target 41 through the air. 2019 Virginia Tech incomplete. Uh, Clay, Claypool was the target, 44 yards to the air. And 2019 Navy 
46 yards through the air and Braden Lindsay took it for seven. Oh, that was complete. Yeah, that was yeah. gorgeous. That so was what's gorgeous. the count there? Are the seven times seven, seven, two completions, two completions out of seven. The first one and the last two one. completed. We're, go- we're really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess my point is a 40, a bomb is a, is a my point, point is my point is that's not his game. Or like yeah, if you're I, if if I don't Ian Book is throwing at forty yards, something probably didn't go right. Or or well yeah, well I mean you got a point because if if you're th- a lot of times you know you're when you're throwing deep, uh, you're you're trying to loosen up the defense a little bit to open up your running game. Uh, or I mean I don't know I guess on a quick change turnover you want to you know toss up a bomb I don't know forty he yards is a lot you know he doesn't toss bombs and not. I don't want to put his name in uh, the mouth, but Drew Brees doesn't toss bombs. Never has. Never will. It's not, it's not been his game. And I don't you know think. That, yeah. Tom that Brady has a touchdown to, to Stubblefield against Notre Dame in 2000 and whatever the fuck. Uh, that was, uh, what? That was just like a 15 yard um, square, you know, like a square in. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, just, the, uh, it's just not some people's game. The choo-choo one? The pe- but if you're gonna, if, if that's not your game, then complete your short passes, please, and and see yes, your wide open running backs <laughs> when he's standing with the referee and Tyree and the re- referee are both looking. It's like, do you see me? And the ref's like, yeah, I see you, Chris. He's like, why doesn't he in? <laughs> Here, let me let me. What's your snap code? Let me let me send you this. <laughs> uh, the one other thing, other for this review, I want to talk. I want to just touch on real quick. Uh, fifth. There has been there's there was a there's a strong movement by Notre Dame fans, and he says it here. This team will get 50 plus put on them by Clemson. What have you seen from Notre Dame this year to make you believe that Clemson is just going to roll up points on them? Is it the 20.75 percent conversion uh, third down conversion rate Notre Dame's allowing? Second in the country. Is uh, it the 11.5 points, uh, points per game per game allowed? I mean, I get if you want to sit there and say Notre Dame won't score 10 points against Clemson. I, I can understand that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I completely understand if you if you say, hey, Notre Dame's not going to score 10. They're going to get like three. OK, well, in the last 30 games, the, Clemson's the only team against Clark Lee that has actually scored 30 points. Other than, you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yep. But that's it. I mean, this is not this is not a defense that just like is gonna give up a shit ton of points. We did you had uh, me do the math before. Only twenty uh twenty of the thirty te- teams Clark Lee has been the defensive coordinator for have scored twenty points or less. So two thirds of the games that Clark Lee has been a defensive coordinator, the team has scored fewer than you know twenty one points. Yeah, this isn't the big twelve. This isn't the big twelve. Oh. This isn't uh, this isn't an Alabama defense, you know, playing Ole Miss uh, <laughs> or Ole Miss playing. Do you guys, Alabama, yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember the last time an opponent put up fifty or more on Notre Dame? Uh, no, fifty or more. Fifty? Yeah, fifty, 50 or more. Fifty. Uh, had to be an had SC to be USC. Game, right? oh. No. Yeah. No, they always there was a lot of there's it's been close, but not fifty for a long time. Do you want to? I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do. Opening game of 2016, 
Texas 50, Notre Dame oh, 47. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's or true. T. Now, if you want to say non-OT, 2014, Arizona State 55, Notre Dame 31. Oh, there's a few picks in that game. And then the last the one before that was Faust's final game, the infamous 58-7 to Miami shellacking that Jimmy Johnson ran up the score on. Mm. It doesn't happen that much. It's happened eight total times. In the, the ninth hundred one, and some year me. history of the Notre Dame football team. So yeah, no, I don't believe Clemson's going to put fifty on Notre Dame. All That's right, my stone cold lock of the week. And then the last uh, last review of the night, uh, five stars again. Brody H ten, revising my old review. To be honest, Jude really bums me out sometimes, but the show is amazing <laughs> regardless. <laughs> Does that mean that Jude isn't uh, um, Cliff, that he's actually Lilith? (laughs) Wow. That's fired. Oh, but I. Hey, is is uh, is Carter Carl's Woody? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could have called me. You could have called me Carla. I would have taken that. You're not so crass. No, Lilith's highbrow is is hell. Fuck mm. yeah, she's. I don't. I don't know. Lilith seems pretty good. So you and Brendan are actually married. Uh, but don't worry, you'll get divorced soon enough. Wow. The Pope said is cool. So at least the marriage part. <laughs> oh shit. Anyways. <laughs> that wasn't one side. I sat in the student section in Ann Arbor last year wearing all Notre Dame stuff in the rain, in the cold, and watched my team lose by a billion, uh, which I don't think we gave up a billion, but it seemed like it, uh, while getting pelted by rally towels. Does anyone have a comparably bad game experience they attended? Uh, not me personally, but uh, my cousin's husband had a got kicked out of Ann Arbor. Uh a guy was sitting in his seat and you know, you got your ticket. You're showing an, he sh- showed the usher like, Hey, this fucking dude's in my seat. And the usher just looked at him and says, what do you want me to do about it? And twins like, I want you to move him. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. So he went down there and started some shit with the guy in his fucking seat. Basically get the fuck out of my seat. And the guy made a big scene, but of course they kicked, <laughs> they kicked my friend out. Uh, instead of the guy sitting in his fucking seat. Cause it's fucking Michigan. Cause fuck them in that hell hole. Uh, so he went across the, went, went to the bar across the way and w- watched the game, which I had, he was at a, we were all in different spots that day. It was the, uh, uh, the Oh five, uh, Charlie Weiss year game. Uh, the, the excellent, uh, win in an Arbor that day. So but I can't I say that I've had, I, I can't say that I've had a, a te- I usually, I mean, I usually gravitate towards the other opposing fans anyways, except for Michigan. That's like the one place where I'm like, fuck you to everybody. Uh, you know, just kind of keep it to myself. But usually opposing fans, I gravitate towards like, hey, man, what's up? You know, what are you guys drinking? What are you eating? Uh, and, exp- and when they come to Notre Dame, it's, it's the same thing. And, you know, I, I like to see what the, what they're up to. Uh, what, do you, what do you what do you got? What, what, what's on that grill? So I don't know that mine um, e- equals sitting out in the rain in 2019 watching your team get walloped, but <laughs> Um, I did have a friend from high school who ended up going to Purdue. He's a doctor now. And, um, 
he and I would would attend the the Notre Dame Purdue games. So in 1999, I went to. You mean he's a vet. Uh, <laughs> Purdue, right? So he's no, a vet. No. Um, that, he's a doctor of. I think of, he's a pedi- I think he's a pediatrician, to be honest with you. But um, for, for here calves. No. <laughs> so um, I'm in the student section of the Purdue, Purdue student section for the 1999 game. And if you guys are familiar with the 1999 game, this is the one where. Um, Bob Davies clock management skills struck for the second consecutive week. So Notre Dame started off the season, I believe, 0 and 2 because they couldn't control the clock against Michigan and then couldn't then couldn't line up to run a, a play correctly against Purdue when they were down near the goal line um, and lost a weird, weird game. But um, anyways, the things I remember are I was wearing my Notre Dame uh, shirt. I did get trash thrown at me and also kids threw trash at each other to, to celebrate a uh, touchdown. So that was kind of a horrifying experience and then not a good place to be when your team just lost in a weird, stupid way. So, cause you're pissed off and everybody around you is very happy. So that was, uh, unenjoyable. I've never had, uh, I've only ever had delightful experiences at Notre Dame games like uh attending the uh south florida game that was uh that was great um <laughs> in 2010 right yeah it was yeah. uh 2000 yeah you ever go up to uh a game in east lansing no my wife uh did and she, she actually hates michigan state fans more than she hates michigan fans for, for well simple- that's good that's a good reason yeah, she's she was up there. And she went with her whole family, and I don't know. I think she was like thirteen or fourteen years old, and some drunk Michigan State fans uh, poured a beer on her when she was like mm-hmm. thirteen years old. Uh, and I guess it was uh, quite the contentious thing where you know when she was thirteen, she was probably like at that time like four foot nine or something. And, you know, drunk Michigan State fans uh, being as classy as they are pouring, pouring alcohol on young kids. That's because uh, they're wearing Notre Dame stuff. Classic well, that's, party. That's uh, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, there's, Michigan gives them that uh, that little brother moniker. And it, it's totally true, oh, uh, yeah. which is why which is why Michigan State uh, reacts the way they do about everything. Uh, you know, they're constantly, you know, overcompensating. Uh, for everything, they're a terrible fan base. Uh, <laughs> just fucking terrible. Uh, so that sucks. That really that, that. But it does not surprise me in the least. But see, like where Michigan State pours beers on on children, like Wisconsin fans, because they're in the land of beer, uh, and it's just like it's as plentiful as oxygen particles. They're just throwing full beers at opposing fans like yeah like just a barrage uh you know because i mean when you when you come from the land you use what the land gives you as your weapon and they're just throwing fucking full unopened fucking beers left and right uh it's it's no good which is a huge reason why i want to go to <laughs> up to madison up to camp randall for another name instead of fucking lambo that's I, I i'm sorry i just i as shitty as it sounds, and I know like people hated like going to down in Miami back in the you know the eighties and the early nineties. I kind of live for that shit. That's kind of my thing. Like I feed off of the the vibe, you know. I mean, it sucks. 
don't get me wrong, but I mean, I don't know, man. It just, it's what makes college football exciting. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, my sisters were, were verbally uh, assaulted by just about any Michigan fan ever in 2004 or wait, no, uh, 2006. No, 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 no. 2003. No, 2003. Uh, but I mean, what are words when you're getting, uh, uh, you know, a full, uh, old Milwaukee toss at you, you know? I was also at the uh, 2008 Syracuse Notre Dame game after Syracuse had fired its coach, Greg Robinson, and they still managed to uh, beat Notre Dame. So that was a, a real low oh, point the, because I, was, no I, exactly I actually had, uh, had um, I actually had seats on the field. And so if you watch the game and please don't, I'm not recommending that you do <laughs> um, the kick that falls short actually dribbles right to my feet because that's where the kick happened. <laughs> So. Now, now I'm doing nothing but finding that footage. I yeah. but I mean, at least, at least it got to stay out though, right? I mean, we were at some sad. Yep. I was at, I was at UConn in 2009. Oh wow! And so was I. We went my with uh, my uh, in-laws, and my mother-in-law made us leave uh, after the first overtime, so we didn't even see Notre Dame lose the game. 2009. That's, that kind of seems like a mercy shirt. thing. I, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't exactly super pleased on the the walk back, but uh, yeah. then when everybody was when there was like, oh, they lost. It's like, well, I guess bullet dodged. Yeah, 2009 UConn was the game. I got into it with a Notre Dame usher, uh, where I, I I pulled up my lawyer pants because uh, he was really upset that I had a chew in that wasn't do that I wasn't doing anything with except for it was in my mouth. And his biggest reason was that a camera could uh could see me yeah. and that they don't want that look out in public yeah okay uh, uh people chewing tobacco <laughs> in the stadium because i said dude the fucking rule is no smoking i was like that's the only rule you guys got i was like you know and it was just a few years prior you could smoke in this you know at least in the concourse <laughs> is that uh, I'm, like, I'm like i'm like so leave me the fuck alone and he kept is going it- on i said you think a fucking camera is gonna see this face I said, and this old son of a bitch next to me pointing at my dad, and I'm hammered. Uh, and my dad's just like, fuck, you know, just kind of putting his head down a little bit. But like, you think a fucking camera's going to find me and be like, you know what? You, this this is the guy. This is the of the 80 fucking thousand people here witnessing this fucking this atrocity. Uh, this is the guy we're going to put the camera on. But, oh, shit, you know, he's he's got a little bump on his lip. Damn it. Well, Notre Dame's a bunch of hillbillies. I mean, I fucking went off. On this usher, I'd fucking, I had, I had had it, I had had it with Charlie Weiss, I had had it with stupid ass fucking rules that mean nothing. I fucking seriously have had it with Notre Dame ushers, uh, and you know, what the fuck off? They didn't do nothing about it either. After I mean, it was just, I, oh, no, 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 okay. So here's what happened: I, nothing's going on, right? Like it's just in my mouth. So when he tells me to take it out, I rip it out, and it's pretty loose, and I grabbed like a, a water bottle. Uh, mind you, I am hammered. I grabbed a water bottle and basically like, you know, like half ass, like threw it, tried to throw this big chew into a small hole water bottle, which caused chew to fly fucking everywhere, which in the age of COVID, which should probably get me arrested. But it was like the simple fucking point. Like why fucking kick a hornet's nest? You dumb yellow vest wearing motherfucker. <laughs> I wonder if he's the guy that told Jim Harbaugh to spit his chew out when he was coming onto the field in 2010. I, 
against yeah, the, Notre Dame. The very next year. That's ex- exactly right. As the first thing I thought, I watched that. I was I didn't go to that game. I watched that on TV. And you just see that big. I mean, that was a big like. It was huge. Red man, Levi Garrett, wrapped with uh, you know bubble gum, kind of a chew like uh, my old football coach in high school used to have. Uh, and it just rolled right on out of the mouth. I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> go get them. Go get them, yushers. Go get them. Bunch of hillbillies in there. Uh. You guys ready for pit? I'm ready for pit, man. Uh, I'm ready to have uh, not any more COVID tests. We don't know the identity of the one person that tested positive, right? Nor nor will we probably, unless they're a high-profile person. Yeah, unless they're in the too deep. Yeah, and I'm still not sure how that's going down either. So, like, and I really don't want to speculate on on who or what it might be, uh, but, like, uh, you know, there's a few. There's, like, a name, like, Riley Mills had been on the two deep or three deep anyways, the last couple of weeks, not on there anymore. It's just, there's some names at the bottom ends of some of them that aren't there. Uh, so I don't know if they're like doing that. If they're, are they getting the results before they make up their depth chart or are they getting that? Are they getting it out? I mean, we're getting the information after the release. It's a mixture of both. I just, I, I, you know, I just don't know. Cause so, they test three times. Well, no, no, originally they were testing three times a week. And now I think after the big, the big, the big daily in it, it's daily now. Yeah. With the antigen, um, daily. So I, I don't know. This was just a side effect of this era as we knew we were going to be watching depth charts and everybody knows who is or isn't, um, you know, you won't know if the guy actually had it or if he was, the one who is in quarantine, though, I guess the one who's in quarantine is actually going to be out longer than the guy who actually had it. Because there was one who tested positive and one player who's in close contact who is um, self-isolating. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I don't believe it's the in-book. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I mean, then it would be a, it could be a matchup of backup quarterbacks because um, Kenny Pickett's probably not going to play this game. Yeah, I don't think he is. I, th- I think it's, I mean, I think we're going, we're going to see, uh, 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 what's his nuts again for the second week in a row. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as I far as I know, right. I, mean, I, I thought Pitt even announced it, didn't they? I don't think that they've announced it, but at this point we're going to be yelling to the clouds. Uh, <laughs> Is Pitt's going to be playing there? I mean, I, I don't have any reason to believe that Pitt is going to do anything other than play their backup. And even if they let Kenny Pickett play, he's on a bum ankle behind an awful offensive line. So I think we're going to see Joey the statue yelling back there. making What, his what, did, I call, what did I call yelling today at our DM? Uh, a, 90s, a 90s rapper. He had a yes. 90s rapper name. But he decidedly does not look like a 90s no, rapper. No, no, no. No, I think that we we went from uh, 90s rapper to uh, Toad in the Wet Sprockets. Uh, yes. Which yeah, is a giant leap in another direction. Um, so have either of you boys had the pleasure of watching Joey Allen play quarterback? Did, did you guys watch that Miami? I watched the, the ACC uh, condensed uh, version of the Miami game. I watched a little bit live uh, and 
unimpressive uh, might be the best thing, just thing to say. I, I, I agree. He is, um, he, uh, he reminds me of a Lloyd Carr, Michigan quarterback. Like he is a big, tall statue back there that just, uh, what was turns Lloyd Carr's long. record versus Notre Dame? Um, good. <laughs> Maybe, I, it might have been actually, actually his best teams didn't play against Notre Dame because his best team was 97. Um, and then Notre Dame beat him in 98. Um, actually, I don't know if Lloyd Carr's record was the greatest. He four, Charlie. Uh, Notre Dame against Lloyd Carr was four, five and zero. Yeah, that's not bad. So he, he got us. He got us. Yeah. So yeah. he was five, four and zero. Yeah. Uh, but he most got, of his, I don't he think beat, he ever, he beat how many Davey games? He, uh, he beat Davy in 97 and 99. He beat Willingham in 2003 and he beat Weiss in six and 2006 and 2007. So he never played, he never played Lou and. Obviously. No, no, that was that, that was Moeller and Bo. Yeah, Bo. How many years did Moeller coach after Bo? What, Where what they forced the him out for being a drunk? Um, <laughs> wow. No, they I legitimately mean, forced him out because he was a right. Drunk. But I mean, he was functioning. Uh, no, he was functioning. He probably would have won more. Nat- he would have won more titles. There's some. There's a segment of Michigan fans that believe Gary Moeller was the superior coach. Moeller uh, coached. Michigan for five seasons. Yeah, Muller was better coach at Carr. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? 90-94? I'm Muller? Yeah. 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 And I think, and I don't don't know if it's true, but the rumor was that Les Miles uh, had an affair with Gary Muller's wife. That's the rumor. That that is, that is, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if we're gonna go some like deep, deep uh, QA non Gary Moeller. Did she have stuff. a certain? Did she have a certain flavor grass that he enjoyed? Well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're going QA non Gary Moeller here. He did punch a cop, and uh, Les Miles slept with his wife. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you play pit. All right. So, so surely Brendan uh, Pitt can rely on a, on what is a solid running game. Correct. Oh, that's what, uh, that's what Pitt's known for is their run defense game. Surely they can, they can, they can dig in and, and pound some yards out this year. Right. Oh, you mean running, not, not defending the running the football. Yes. Yes. Actually running with the ball. Oh no, no. Um, they're, Whoa. they're running average is less than Kyron. They're running as a team is less than Kyron Williams. They're only averaging 107 yards rushing. And that's the last three games on their three game winning streak. They have failed to, uh, crack a hundo as a team running the football. Are, are we shot off? Really is this really Pitt? I mean, this has been what Pitt's been essentially since James Conner left. I mean, last year they stunk at running. Um, right now they're 70th in the nation out of 77 teams in running. The football that that had, what was his name? What was his name in 2018? That's a tough little back that, uh, that we played up against. I think he had a pretty good season in 18, uh, whatever his name is. Um, um I don't know, it just, it, it's, it, it's shocking. I just, 
Do you know who Pitt's leading rusher was? Uh, Quandre Olison? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a tough yeah. little back. Yeah. Yeah, last year their uh, leading running back, A.J. Davis, who's back. Uh, they brought the boys back, A.J. and Vincent, the, the Davis boys. Um, A.J. had 530 yards rushing last year, and Vincent had uh, 314. And it looks like they're probably going to do the same thing this year. Mm. Um, as a team, they're averaging 2.89 yards per carry. I think it's like 3.3 uh, if you remove the sack yards. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 not great uh, running the football for Pitt, and it's so bad for them. And it really accentuates their they're not bad at scoring the ball, I guess. But what as far as points per game, um, they're averaging twenty nine point five, which is um, you know it's not terrible. It's pretty middle of the pack. But what really hurts them is the fact that they cannot convert on third downs. Um, as a as a team, uh, they are converting at thirty five point seven nine percent. So about one in three, they're converting, which is pretty awful at sixty first. But most damning is the fact that on third and short, so one to three yards, they're only converting thirty four percent of the time. And they've on nineteen attempts to try and run the ball on third and short like that, they've only converted seven of them. So they can't pick up short yardage, uh, and that's not a recipe for success against Clark Lee. So if you yeah. if you come to Clark Lee one-dimensional, and that one dimension is the pass game, I think that's something Clark can flourish. Uh, Clark, de- Clark Lee defenses sort of flourish on. So I'm curious as to where Pitt's going to score points if they're starting a backup quarterback who, um, you know, is making his third career start, isn't particularly accurate or mobile. He took four sacks against Miami last week. Um, Where are they going to score points? On turnovers? There it is. Uh, Well, Notre Dame doesn't turn the ball over. I was going to ask, does Notre Dame, I mean, we know that Notre Dame doesn't really force turnovers this year, but they also don't really cough it up either. I mean, Florida State was more of an uh, wasn't just kind of a fluke thing, I suppose. Notre right? Dame is like the, Notre Dame is the yeah. dagger from uh, uh, Avengers um, that Thanos had. They are uh, all things equal. They have three turnovers and they have forced three turnovers, so they are they're sitting at a cool zero for their turnover margin on the season. Uh, that's better than you know. Being minus one <laughs> certainly <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, Pitts plus well, five. You, you, you asked the question. You asked the question. How how do they how do they score? And that I think that to be honest with you, that's that's the to me the obvious answer, based on how putrid some of these other numbers are. Which is, if Notre Dame is to cough up the ball, you know, on the twenty yard line again, um, then that could that could help Pitt because Pitt can't really do anything. It doesn't look like Pitt doesn't really anything that's like a long drive. So, I mean, we, so their defensive line is, is brought up quite a bit because of obvious reasons they're good, but do they have playmakers in the secondary uh, to, I mean, I instantly think about, uh, you know, Tyron Williams tenure at Notre Dame, like at Purdue, we talked about tonight, 
like, hey, we need the defense to score because our offense sure shit ain't going to do it. Uh, you know, and then Vontez Duff does it. He picks one off and goes, you know. Uh, but he's athletic uh, and, and was known to be able to do those things. Does Pitt have, uh, you know, a few of those guys back there? Pierce Ford, uh, sorry, Kyle. Pierce Ford might be the best safety in the ACC. He's already got three picks on the year. Uh, a lot of people put him on there, all ACC teams. And Kyle didn't play a game. Um, so, and, and Paris has played uh, six. So, it, um, but yeah, Paris Ford's a, he's a, he's a damn good safety. He blitz in Kyle too on third down. Josh, wasn't, wasn't uh, DeMar Hamlin the guy they went to go see the night they offered Phil Dracovic? Yes, absolutely. Because DeMar Hamlin was a, was one of those first round of offers for a class. Like he, he was a targeted um, uh, recruit that they wanted, that Notre Dame wanted badly. So uh, yeah, they definitely swung by. I mean, he's, he didn't, he doesn't, he didn't go to the same high school as Jerkovic. I don't think, um, but he's in that whole Pittsburgh, you know, Catholic league, I believe. So he's got a pick. Yeah, he's, he's, good. Like he's good. It was a bye week for Notre Dame, and all of a sudden, the beat writers were all going to Pittsburgh to watch Demar Hamlin's game, right? Because maybe Dracovic was playing against him, or they were on the same team. I can't remember. There was something Dracovic related. Or call they, must been play, they must have been playing against each other because uh, he didn't. They didn't play on the same team. Like he might have been. Uh, I don't know. I guess I. I not as in tuned to the uh, Pittsburgh, West Pennsylvania uh, high school football as well as the uh, I am with Indiana and Ohio. So it's a big state. Well, I mean, half of it matters. So yeah, <laughs> that's so, the truth. I think West. I guess the question is, um, is this going to be another one of those? I, I guess I dare say typical pick games in which we're, we're sweating it. And the, and the 10 and a half points is, is way too generous uh, of a spread. I, I mean, I, I really want to say no, uh, but I mean, it's a rivalry game, so anything can happen, right? <laughs> throw out those records. I, just to throw out those records. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, Pitt's look, I mean, look, look, a little, rem, a little reminding needs to be done. First of all, they've lost three in a row. Two yeah. teams like Boston college. Okay. And NC state. Um, yeah. So they've lost three in a row. They are probably down to their backup quarterback who you actually have some film on, right? This is like a surprise. So you have a little bit of film on it. And he, he really wasn't good. Two picks, uh, four sacks. Yeah. I mean, I, but honestly, most games that Notre Dame play has played against Pitt. Not only, the, you know, Pitt's defense always seems like they're, they're tough. They're, it's physical, right? It reminds you a lot of Michigan State. It reminds you a lot of Michigan State. But, you know, Pitt could rely on something offensively, whether that was running back or, you know, just a, a quarterback, uh, a quarterback like Tyler Palco, who just, you know, 
took his game to the next level. I mean, there's just, there's things about Pitt's offense that have been a lot better than they are. It's just, it's not good. Like, so like, I'm not sure picking mate can score 10 points Saturday. And that, See, you know, grant, granted, if they get a, de- a turnover, you know, like a pick Florida six or a, yeah. or a fumble return or something, yeah, deep in. But that's, you know, that's asking a lot. That's a big if. Like offensively, well, how many points will they score? I, I have a hard time thinking they'll score more than 10 against Notre Dame. Can Notre Dame score, you know, a couple of, can they punt? Can they fucking do better in the red zone? Yes. Because you know, I, 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 that, that's the biggest thing. It's not. It has less to do with the passing game, right? The 12 7 win over Louisville, than just what did you do in the red zone? And because Notre Dame isn't explosive, they're going to have more red zone tries this year. They're not getting those those big explosive plays, those big long touchdowns. So you're going to find yourself in the red zone quite a bit because it's still a good offense. You can run the ball like a fucking beast. And I, I, I think there's enough there. But, you know, can they do better? getting closer to the goal line to punch it in rather, you know, get a touchdown instead of field goal. That's the big one. But can they score more than 10 points? Absolutely. Here's my sad trombone uh, for this game. Uh, They do have a good player and it's true freshman receiver, Jordan Addison, who is somebody that Notre Dame wanted, or at least offered that corner, that corner. Uh, Right. Well, he's playing, he's, he is playing wide receiver. And um, through the six games that he's played in every game other than the North Carolina State game, he has registered more receptions in that game. So against Austin P, Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College and Miami, he has had more receptions in that in just any one of those games or the same number than any Notre Dame wide receiver has on the season. Let me repeat that. Jordan Addison in five out of six games has registered seven or more catches, which the leading wide receiver as far as catches is Javon McKinley has seven receptions on the season Um, against Miami, Florida last weekend. uh, Yellen and him, uh, they connected on a long pass and they, they sort of had a groove. He caught eight passes for 147 yards, no touchdowns. But that 147 yards is more receiving yards against Miami than any Notre Dame pass catcher has on the season. So it just goes to show you that uh, wide re- freshman wide receivers can make an impact in games. Hint, hint, uh, Jordan Johnson. Um, if Pitt is going to score, it probably has to be the Yellen to Addison connection because I – they're not, they can't run the ball. Um, they don't have particularly talented tight ends. Um, it's not like the running backs get involved in the pass game. So, so what, I mean, I mean, I guess uh, Notre Dame secondary is doing more, much of the same. They do. So like Tariq Bracey and, uh, and Nick McLeod. Yeah. I mean, it, both of them were having a pretty good season. You know, McLeod's had, a uh, little bit of injury, a little bit of the COVID thing going on, but you know, it's been Drake Bracy, Greg, and Greg talked about it today on, on Twitter quite a bit, and which was nice because we had, ta- I think we had talked about Bracy in this light uh, on the last podcast. He's really fucking impressive this year. <laughs> like he's he's really doing a good job. 
Bracey's really holding it down, uh, be, becoming that Julian Love five star uh, over there. Uh, you know, and then you, I mean, I guess the law of averages, right? You're kind of like, when's Kyle Hamilton going to pick one off? I mean, it just it's, it's, it should happen start. soon enough, right? I don't know. Like, if they stop, I, 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 like, stop blitzing him from uh, South Dakota on third down. <laughs> That's, that's, that's your, that's your turnover down too, man. That's like, uh. I, what's more egregious blitzing Kyle from the Dakotas on third down or not blitzing Jalen Smith on third down. <laughs> uh, the latter for sure. Yeah. The latter. Cause I mean, so Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith is one of the greatest athletes to ever put on a Notre Dame album, period. And yeah. the, the lack of like explosive production, it was entirely the coaching staff's fault. Yeah. Like, and I mean, Notre Dame is still, like I said, they're second in the nation in third down, you know, defense. Yeah. I so mean, Kelly, even though Kyle's not racking up his stats, it's obviously kind yeah, of Kelly did it a service because I mean, he went out and, and, you know, after a game and called out a defense for getting off the field on third down, in a game where, you know, where they were, they won six of nine third down of the third downs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was the 33% was the, is not his standard. He wants that 20. Yeah. It, it was cleared. It was cleared up in the Monday press conference. Uh, Hanson might've been the one to ask it, or maybe it was priesters. Someone, someone was writing about, about uh, third down shit this week. Uh, I think might've been priester, but. Driving home, he asked him. He said, "Did that have more to do with the uh, with the fourth down conversion?" And Kelly had said, "Yeah." So, because uh, I'm like, because I was scratching the, sh- I was scratching my head, like, Kelly really saying this? Like, I'm pretty sure our third down rate today was good, and so has been the season. And then you go look at the stats, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> they're they're good, uh, but just you know, a few key times. Maybe that has to do with the uh, Florida State game. Uh, well, the, the you know, the first down, drive, the first drive out of the half, Florida State and, and Louisville. I don't know. Maybe sing about fourth down, too. Yeah, because Florida well, State yeah. was three for three on fourth. Yeah, good call, Jude. Yep. So, I don't know. <sighs> Blitzing Kyle on third down is just not. Like, I don't mind you. You want to blitz him on first down, sweet. I'll, I'll buy into that one. But third down, man, I really want him out there ball hawking. Cause they're saving it for Clemson. <laughs> That's just my excuse for everything. <laughs> it may turn out to be valid. It may, <laughs> I mean, it may actually come true. Uh, you know, go full uh, Dan Fouts on you. <laughs> so my question to you guys is, uh, and I'll post this to Jude first. Jude, what do you need to see from Notre Dame? in this game, um, not even not ignoring just the Clemson thing, but just for the health of the program for the rest of the year, what do you need to see from the pit Notre Dame game? Well, I think it goes back to the two things that I was scratching my head about or slash frustrated about from, from the, from the Louisville game, more production out of the, out of the buck linebacker position. I, I I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Um, and, and also, I need somebody, anybody to break out a wide receiver 
Um, you know, look, I, I, I spent some time on Twitter, uh, yesterday going through the, well, I was going through the Louisville game and I definitely pointed out some things that I felt like Ian book could do better. And, and I think our friend Greg has done a fair amount of this too. Um, probably even more so than me and, and, and more well-spoken about what the issues are, but, um, you can't have Javon McKinley, uh, dropping so many passes, it just so many passes hit him in the hands and he didn't, he didn't keep them. And so 11 out of 19 doesn't look great, but you know, I, I, I don't think he, the, his receivers are helping him at all there. And I, I just, I don't know what's going on with Kevin Austin. Um, you know, he had one, one pass or one catch that would look really nice at the beginning of the game, uh, last week. Uh, I, Braden Lindsay's got been fighting through myriad uh, injuries, but I just, I need somebody, anybody to show up in the wide receiver court because they are dead. Um, if they can't get that wide, if they can't get that passing game going. Uh, so we just need it to happen. We, we need that to happen a lot. What about you, Josh? Is there something that you're looking for in this game? Uh, a win. <laughs> I mean, I, I Jude's absolutely right with the wide receivers, but I guess, I mean, I, I guess I'll get a little more specific. I mean, I like, I want to see Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay, uh, you know, both out there at the same time. Skoranek, I don't care, but. I want to see Kevin Austin. I want to see what he can do. I'm hopeful that Braden Lindsay's soft tissue issue will uh, be a little better this week. You know, I, I just, I want to see some weapon use by book. I want to see him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's going to get pressure. I mean, for as good as Notre Dame's offensive line is, uh, you know, they're playing against a good defensive line. that has a ton of sacks and has a ton of tackles for loss. He's going to have to make some quick decisions. And I don't know, I guess this week I would like to see like, you know, Kelly and Reese like really hammer it home to, to book, like just make the read and go like, don't fucking hold on to it. Just throw the fucking ball. Uh, maybe that's a bad move. I don't know, but I mean, I, I well, would like to see I, I, just a, a quick, hold on. I'd like to see just a quicker reaction from book with those guys out there. But I mean, at this He's just, he's just not seeing guys. Jude, you know, we pointed out that thing about Tyree, but you know, like where the hell is the tight end production? I mean, we're all fawning over Tommy Tremble and it's great. You know, him fullback and blocking and all that, but he's a weapon in the passing game. I mean, the guy can, can catch a ball. I mean, he's a good receiving tight end that I just, he's just looks completely underutilized right now. So, Add all that up. I'm like, so basically like blow up your whole fucking passing game uh, and start from scratch. And again, I, I, I think above all else involving who we believe are your, probably your best uh, wide receivers and, and Braden Lindsay and, and, and Kevin Austin and quicker reads, like just throw the fucking football. Don't, you know, trust those guys to make a play uh, at, at least, you got to give it a shot. You know what I mean? Trust your defense. If, if you fuck up and throw a pick, trust your defense to back you up on that. So I don't want to put, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just want to, if I, I may be on misunderstanding you, but one of the things that Greg pointed out to us, maybe in the private chat, maybe on Twitter this week is that that first play 
um, that ultimately got called back for Burke, uh, got called uh, a no play because of the penalty to Javon McKinley. Michael Mayer was wide open. In yeah. fact, they ran a very close variation of that same play in which Book just got over eager or something and lofted it over Mayer's head, which is not that easy to do, um, which would have been six if he had actually connected with him. And Greg's point was that it, he, Book just seemed locked in on McKinley. Like, I got to get McKinley going or I got to prove that we can get this play going or we got a receiver on the outside. And he didn't bother to look at anybody else. And that's just that's problematic. That's Well, the problem is, is that he's that's that's not out of character for Book. No, and it, just, that's it, it was just last, last, yeah. last year. It was Chase Claypool. Right. Like he, he was locked in ball. on Chase. What's that? And Chase would get that ball. Yeah, you know? right. Because he had a crazy catch radius and fantastic Kansas receiver. Right. Steelers. Right. It's just like, like it has less to do. Like Javon just is like by default. I mean, like, don't dismiss the fact that that McKinley and Book, they they came in together, same yeah. time, same class. They know each other very well. So don't dismiss that fact as, as far as, and I'm not saying like, Hey, he's my boy. You know, I want to, I want to, it, it's just the fact that he, he's been throwing footballs to him for five years now. Yeah. So he's used to seeing him. And seems like a good locker room guy. too. I mean, let's just be fucking honest. If McKinley catches a couple of those, if he catches those balls last week, I mean, Notre Dame's passing game didn't uh, blow up the world, but it de- definitely is in the doom and gloom. That we're reaching, you know, this week, you know, talking about it just has to yeah. catch. They hit him in the fucking hands for God's sakes. Book had had a terrible out throw to him that somehow I still think the wind. I, I went back and watched that. That, that was a terrible ball. Uh, and then another one that Book threw late behind him. But McKinley still has to be able to, like. Make a make a better attempt to catch it. So so he he's the guy book has a problem with singling out a guy. Apparently Javon's the guy, so maybe you just got to get Javon the fuck out of there. Uh, well, then he finds a new guy to single in on. But well, it's great. It's Kevin Austin in my eyes, right? <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, agreed. I guess I'm for to me, be a dick, but I'm just saying. If I, I I completely understand that right now the squeaky wheel is the pass game, and that the squeaky wheel typically gets the kick. But for my money, the thing that I want to see this weekend more so than the pass game is I look at this, I guess, big picture is the pass game will never be will never be in 2020 more than average. If you're expecting this pass game to be anything more than average for Ian Book suddenly to start turning in 350 yard performances, I don't know what to tell you. We've played four games. It's just not been there. What I need to see this weekend is the running game to show up and the offensive line, because for 2017, for all of the accolades and the fantastic, um, you know, the Joe Moore award and everything that we, the, the laurels that we piled on the 2017 team, still in Miami down to it against Georgia, 1.49 yards per carry. When they went to Miami, 3.03 yards per carry. When they played against Stanford, 3.5 yards per carry. When they were in the games against good rushing defenses, 
they were a non-factor. And I need to see this weekend against Pitt, who ranks number one against the rush, number one against sacks, number one tackles for loss. I need to see Notre Dame show up against that team because I, I hate to say it, but do you know who the number two team is in tackles for loss? It's Clemson. The number two team in sacks, it's Clemson. And they're still, I believe, in uh, rushing uh, yards per game. They're still 11th. They're they're allowing less than 100 yards per game. So I need to see this Notre Dame rushing offense, which should be the strength. They need to go out there and be able to put up 200, 250 yards against Pitt because then I will feel like, hey, our strength might be able to get it done in a close scoring game against Clemson. Does that make sense? Speaking of, absolutely. And so to let's, just, let's highlight Notre Dame's running game just a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Kyron Williams right now is just a fucking boss. He's got 493 yards. I get 486 yards rushing. He's Ooh. averaging 6.7 a carry. And that's one, that's, which is good for 125, 121.5 a game. Dude's, yeah. dude's hit, got four rushing touchdowns. Dude's on fire right now. The man behind him, Chris Tyree, who I think a lot of us will will would agree on that last week was not a good Chris Tyree game. Mm-hmm. It reminded a lot of people of Armando Allen that the, the sh- just you know the it went down pretty easily. Uh, what wasn't a whole lot of fighting them legs. Not to say that he wasn't trying, but he was going down you know with uh, shoestring tackle kind of deals. Uh, but he has uh, 220 yards on the season. He's averaging 6.9 yards per carry uh, for good of 55 a game. But then the the ultimate wild card factor in Notre Dame's running game is Ian Book. Yes. For as much as we want to trash Ian Book, uh, you know, throwing the football, he's still a really good runner. And he's even he's he's better on the design runs than he is scrambling which he's still pretty fucking good at. If you watch that touchdown again against Louisville, which I must've watched 50 times just to cheer myself up. Now he's only averaging like 31 yards a game, but that's, you know, that's with your including like sack yardage and all that. So whatever the sack adjusted, you know, yardage is, it's going to be a lot higher uh, just because of the, uh, what do they got on him? Like five sacks this year. Anyway, yeah, he does. I think it's six. He does a really good job running the football. You know, this year, and I'll say this, I don't know, maybe only once so far, he's ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, which is, a you know, a big pet peeve of mine, you know, last year. I've seen him doing it multiple times. But he does a pretty good job of finding those extra yards. Uh, he'll tuck that thing, and, and you know, he, he's not a wuss. He's not, he doesn't just, like, run directly out of bounds. He's looking to get a few extra yards. It reminds you a little bit of Everett Golson, but without the fumbles. Uh, and so he's the wild card in all of this with, with, with the running game. Uh, so, you know, one, I am actually, you know, astonished that Notre Dame was able to fairly quickly, cause it, it doesn't seem like it happens that way, really establish who their top backs were. And that's Kyron and Tyree. And then on top of that, Ian book still productive in the running game helps them out a ton that could set the red zone offense free a little bit more like starting to really incorporate maybe more of that, uh, inside the red zone. You know, like we said, we want to, we want to see book, you know, on the move, 
you know, that's part of what we've, you know, Brennan and I think you and I were both, you know, like pounding the table, you know, for more, get him out of the pocket, some play action stuff. I don't think he was really good on play action last week. Uh, I still think they didn't run it enough, but you know, let him make plays. If, if he, if he's not going to throw it on his, after a second or third read, if he gets there, just take off, get some yards. Uh, and I, I think the more you do that inside the red zone, the better off you'll be. You, I don't know. I, it's a good running. It's a really good fucking running game. Notre Dame yeah. fans are not, are really not used to this kind of consistency from their running attack. Um, even, you know, with Josh Adams, Dexter Williams, this is really, really good. I mean, 121 yards a game for Kyron Williams. That's outstanding. I don't know. I was thinking about this kind of today. Um, Ian Book's got a lot of Rick Meyer in him, right? Not a particularly big arm, um, more elusive than fast runner. Is that is that something you can kind of see, uh, especially that '91 season? Um, I mean, I those know. in that respect, maybe. I, Rick had a much stronger arm. It wasn't that much. I mean, that was the knock against him coming into the pros uh, was that he wasn't a, a huge arm. But he has a much stronger arm than Ian Book. <laughs> well. There aren't a lot of people who don't uh, that play one. But I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, Rick was one of the, the all time competitors for their name. Well, and Ian book sort of is too. I mean, he played with a a punctured kidney or whatever, right? uh, You got to win the big games. Lacerated category. Yeah. Lacerated kidney. I mean, I, I mean, I like book a lot and I think he's a tough kid and I think he, he's got a lot of moxie to him. But if you want to get put in that category with a Rick Meyer at Notre Dame, you got to win some big games. You got to win some bigger games than what you've been doing. Like if they go out and beat Clemson, sure, absolutely, put them in the Rick Meyer category, 100%. Got no problem with that. I'll I'll be the fucking guy leading the charge. Uh, but they, he's got to do it first. I mean, it, it just it, it hasn't there. Notre Dame's been a excellent football team, but just has not been able to get over, uh, you know, the, the big humps uh, over the last few years. I mean, how many titles did Rick Meyer win in 90, 91 and 92 titles, but big games. I mean, how many big games was Rick in? How many sports yeah, illustrated covers? <laughs> At a, least one. On. Uh, <laughs> so oh, I Rick mean, Meyer. yeah. Golden boy. Golden yeah, boy. So, I mean, big games. If Ian Book goes up to Ann Arbor instead of the entire team shit in their fucking pants. That's true. And he, I mean, and even then, Michigan, what was like Michigan was a good football team or a great football yeah. team. It would have been a, uh, a five loss team. So, yeah, I mean, he, he has to do it against the, uh, I mean, it, it could have been Georgia last year. You know what I mean? And, and close. I mean, and he's come close, but he's just, he's got to get over that hump to get put in that category, I believe. I mean, he, he let, I mean, he's, he's done as much as, you know, like, uh, Kevin McDougal, but still he's hasn't done won it that over big, a considerable more amount of time. Right. But I still, mean, but still hasn't won that big. Like if you want to compare 18 to 93, you know what I'm saying? Well, same, but you know, I mean, just in the 90, 90 season, Rick, uh, Rick lost more games uh, and it's not like Stanford was a world beater, but Penn state was okay. 
Uh, one of the games, the Colorado game, he should have won, right, with the Phantom Clip. But right, I'm gonna say he's won. He's you know, regardless of record or that stuff, he's won bigger games. Yeah, Book has not the Cheerios, right? Yeah, yeah. Book just Book has not. So I'm saying you get him over that hump, you get him one, and yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe people discount the the uh, Citrus Bowl win over LSU too much. Well, yeah, he didn't start it. Nobody came in and fucking took care of business, didn't he? Yep, Miles Boykin. So I mean, you know, and again, that I guess maybe that's what's so frustrating about Book right now is that that Michigan State win, in, uh, tw- you know, was pretty good, right? We've seen we've seen these uh, these flashes of uh, from Book. You know, Stanford in in two thousand. Uh, uh, was it 2018? 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's that was a technically a top 10 win, right? Absolutely. Not technically. It, was. it fucking was. Fan, I mean, fans have to let fans are fucking just being re- absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> like the whole thing about Notre Dame being ranked number three. Like we haven't even touched on that. Like, like the, the self hate, the self loathing Notre Dame fans have for, for their t- team is fucking ridiculous. That was the greatest Syracuse team in any of Jude's children's lifetime. Yeah, I mean, how <laughs> that's you, right. How do you how do you sit there and say uh, we don't deserve to be number three? Who does? I mean, we're not saying they're be- we're not saying they should be ranked ahead of Alabama and Clemson. You rank behind. Yeah, you tell me who in the country um, who's played football this year uh, is better than Notre Dame at this exactly. point. Exactly. And you, you bring up a team, I'll bring up their flaw, and then we can see them on the field. I, I know the Irish Illustrated podcast kind of went on and on about this, about you know what the favorite would be and all that. But I, I would be very comfortable playing anybody in the country right now other than Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. That's playing football. Throw Ohio State in the yeah. mix this weekend. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, what they and that's fine. I mean, if, if Ohio State goes out and they route Nebraska, uh, you know, like 45 to nothing – I won't. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll kind of turn my nose a little bit, but I'm not going to fucking howl at the clouds about them becoming the number three and Notre Dame dropping to four. I mean, I the, 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 the voters want to do it anyway. So they're going to do it. You're already prepared for it. It's not like sitting there for six weeks, blowing out teams and not fucking budging off of six, yeah. number 16. You know what I mean? So it just, I don't understand the self-loathing. Like we're like this. This isn't even a top fifteen team. Are you are you serious? Reread the top fifteen, please, sir. Reread the teams from five five to fifteen. Are you fucking lost? There's a lot of teams with. There's a lot of teams with L's behind Notre Dame. A lot of teams with it, L's behind Notre Dame. It's a so you know getting over the hump for things is frustrating for people in all aspects of life. The thing about Notre Dame is they're really fucking good. They haven't lost to an unranked team since 2016. It's the second longest streak in the country behind Alabama. Not even Clemson owns that. They have the longest winning streak in the country right now. They have a 22-game home winning streak. These are things we have not seen in South Bend in a long-ass time. A long-ass time. You own all your rivalry trophies. I mean, you, 
Notre Dame is a really good, they just have not been able to get over the hump. And by the way, comparing them to like, I don't know, like 88 Notre Dame is just getting more and more silly because regardless of how tough that schedule was, they still didn't have to play a playoff at the end of the season. They may not even have played the second best team in the country at the end of the season in 88, which probably was still Miami. You know what I mean? Who would have been in the playoff had they had a playoff? So, you know, kind of a little bit of fucking slack. They're trying. All right. It's frustrating as shit. And you want them to do better. And, you know, in these big games. And yeah, I, I totally get it. But when they like still win and are only like giving up a touchdown while doing it, uh, maybe like knock off the bullshit about they don't deserve to yeah. be ranked where they're ranked. Yeah. Like, like the the pollsters usually are fucking or have been, you know, screwing Notre Dame on these things. They're not right now. Fucking take it for what it is. Because I remember not too long ago, like 2015, when Notre Dame sliding in the polls for winning football games ugly then. You know, besides the loss to Stanford, even if they beat Stanford in 15, they may not have made the playoffs because of the way they played against Boston College in a win. So take just it's OK. All right. It, we're not even halfway through the season. It's OK. Jeez, like crack open a fucking bottle and chill out, man. Well, I'm very, I'm very excited. To, I, look, we, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, which is like these polls are for entertainment purposes. They don't mean anything until the end of the season. Like, enjoy being number three. Well, we're number three. It's not going to end up at number three. That's fine. And you know, just how in the hell is the playoff committee going to vote? I don't know, but I'm not going to fucking worry about it yet either. <laughs> you know, but I mean, who knows what happens again? This is not, this is not a, like a, uh, people keep pointing out this Clemson game, but even, you know, those, the playoff polls have come out before the ACC championship game. Right. So yeah, Notre Dame's already shown they can, they can lose the game, look good and still have a ton of fucking respect. Georgia in 17, Georgia last year. You know, you could get another chat. And by the way, the way the ACC is, if Clemson's your only loss in the regular season, you're going to the fucking ACC championship game because yes, North Carolina, you'll, you're going to beat North Carolina. Miami's going to lose a game. I mean, just this is the ACC is typical ACC. They it's they eat their young. They they eat, they just they devour themselves with stupidity. So it's fine. Speaking about polls that don't matter, uh, do you guys want to hop into the picks? Oh, uh, hour and a half into this podcast. I think I think I this think ma- matters greatly. I disagree. I got a uh, lot. I got a lot of nice love from Tally Site this week, suggesting that this matters greatly to people who doesn't who it shouldn't matter to. Well, you're currently lot, tied with. A lot of good, you a are lot currently of tied following with, me now for my. Uh, for my old blue and gold illustrated uh, screenshots, poor guys. They think I'm going to dish out great picks or something. I just happened to get lucky last week. Last You're week eight was for a good nine week. <laughs> on the OFD podcast. Yeah. Uh, Josh is nine for 10. 
I'm a seven for twelve, so I'm technically just two behind. No, you're yeah. seven. You're seven for nineteen. Let's be let's be honest. You're seven and twelve, right? Uh, yeah, seven and twelve. Yeah, and Josh is you know seven for nine for uh, nineteen, and you're nineteen for uh, seventeen. But uh, I'm just two back uh, from Josh in uh, the leaderboard there. So do you want to was not getting any love from the tally site post week things? I, I, I have to look, I don't know. I'm pretty sure last week was about as awful as it got for me, but. Well, we didn't do great last week. The Cincinnati and Tulsa game got scrubbed, uh, obviously because of COVID, um, Cincinnati will be back on the picks. I I disagree. I did great. Well, Jude, you know what? You did do great. You were uh, three for uh, three out of four. You had three out of four. I, I missed everything. I can't believe I took Boston game. College over Virginia Tech. I just cannot believe that. I told you guys when that happened. Thank you for the free one. You didn't listen to me. I just I I can't. You know why? You know why? Because we were so enamored with the fact that Virginia Tech didn't have a secondary that we forgot that Virginia Tech has arguably the best running game in college football right now, and maybe the best. Good. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the only reason that Virginia Tech isn't the best running game is because Air Force played a game and they're currently the number one team. But Khalil Herbert might be the best running back in college football right now. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, I just uh, I mean, that. I I was confident in Virginia Tech winning the football game. Me, too. I just thought that Boston College was gonna, I thought Phil was going to show up and he didn't. Imagine that. All right, get to it, Brennan. Get the circus started. All right, so we're going to open up with everybody's favorite, um, everybody's favorite best recruiting team in college football, the Mac Brown North Carolina Tar Heels, hosting in-state rival North Carolina State Wolfpack. 16.5 point favorites are the Tar Heels. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely taking the Wolfpack uh, with the points. Uh, I believe North Carolina will end up winning, but uh, once a team comes down to earth a little bit, there that means there's kind of a blueprint, which is kind of ironic with North Carolina. Remember, it's the it the North Carolina game for Notre Dame that uh, people figured out Brian Van Gorder. Um, yeah. But that seems to be the case a lot of times. Um, and Florida State, you know, they, they did everybody a fucking big favor by knocking <laughs> North Carolina out of a fucking dumb conversation. They didn't blow on it anyways. Um, so, you know, maybe they win, but uh, 16 and a half points to an NC State team that has shown to be fairly explosive at times. Uh, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll t- I mean, that's a lot of points. I'll take them points. How about you, Jude? Uh, I'm going to lean the opposite way, which is um, – I just feel like North Carolina got their shit stomped on last week and, and they're, they're now out to prove that they're not the team that, uh, that showed up last week. And this was an aberration. So I think they got a lot of fire. It's a in-state thing. I should take the points, but I'm going to go the opposite direction. It is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I mean, the line I'm looking at is 15. So it feels like it's coming back in NC state's direction, but, uh, Eh, screw it. You only live once. I'm going to take North Carolina. The YOLO, which kind of has me nervous. Um, 
because Jude kind of seems like the way to go. But 16 at a 17 point spread. It's a lot of points. A lot of points. A lot of points. Let me go with the NC State Wolfpack. I I don't think that the book is totally out of North Carolina because uh, they did storm back in the second half. And maybe it's like, remember when we were all really excited about Michigan sucking ass again last year because they were losing to Penn State and then kind of snuck back into the game in the second half? <laughs> and we discounted it. But uh, I don't know. 17 is a lot of points. Um, and I don't think that they have a ton of fans in their stadium. So... Well, Jude, that's, that's one for you, maybe. Um, all right, so we're going to go with some Big 12. Um, and we're going to go uh, Cocho Cinco with Oklahoma State, the last undefeated team of the Pac, or the uh, Big 12, hosting uh, the Matt Campbell Cyclones of Iowa State. And Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Now, do you guys recall... Go ahead, Brendan. I'm sorry. Is it is it it's the Chuba Purdy or is it Purdy Chuba? Who's the who's the guy for um, uh, Florida State? The quarterback Chuba, Chuba Purdy. Chuba Purdy. It's the Chuba Purdy Bowl. <laughs> so, do you guys remember who I picked to win the Big Twelve? Yeah, it was uh, Oklahoma, yeah, State. Oklahoma State. You picked Brock Purdy to win the Heisman. I did not pick Brock Purdy. Two in the high. Shuba Hubbard. But I, uh, I'm going against my own instincts here, and kind of playing a math game here. Staying under, staying undefeated is a daunting task, and the farther you get into a season, the less likely that happens. Ah, fuck that shit. Fuck Iowa State. Oklahoma State. Yay. Yay. Uh, all right. I got, I got, uh, I got Oklahoma. There's something State immoral winning. about going against your own instincts. I, I got uh, uh, Oklahoma State winning this game. I've got them covering. What is, did you say three and a half? Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half. And then, you know, it's Big 12 football. So I don't know. The over under is. What, what are you seeing? 52? Oof. Seems low for a Big 12 game. Say over on that. Is it only 52? With yeah. a three and a half spread? Jesus. Um, do you know the last time Oklahoma State played a football game? <laughs> it was on October 3rd. It was the last time Oklahoma State played so a This is their Florida State game. game? Is that what you're saying? This is their Florida State football game. I think... Iowa State gets that dub, and then we have wow. to listen to the insufferable nonsense that is. Uh, then Matt Campbell goes back on the radar. Comes back on the radar. Comes I back mean, on Oklahoma the radar. State, Iowa State's. Oklahoma State isn't Iowa, so it's not it. Iowa. That is factually correct. So I can see it happening. Um. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State lost that opener, and then they basically. They've looked okay. Uh, they, I mean, they beat Oklahoma. That's worth something, I guess. Uh, so yeah, give me, uh, give me the Coach Osinko and the Iowa State uh, Cyclones. Next game, Southern Methodist University. Lou Holtz running the ball out of bounds against <laughs> and hosting the Cincinnati Bearcats, fresh off a COVID bye week, 
And SMU is a two and a half point favorite it is a matchup of undefeated AAC teams. Joshua, this is in Dallas, right? This is in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, uh, let me just say, I, uh, I am really enjoying my boys in their Cincinnati gear when they, when they put it on, uh, yeah. because this is a Cincinnati Jason podcast, uh, which a listener of the podcast, uh, said he had never heard before on this podcast. And I don't know how, cause we, I think we've brought it up once a show for like six months, if not more. Uh, so, but, but, uh, also, uh, you know, I had, I keep contemplating buying a, a, this Cincinnati hoodie from, from homage, but you know what I keep, but you know what I did notice home field has not, does not have Cincinnati on their, uh, on their list of schools. So this Saturday when they dropped five schools, I'd almost bet Cincinnati is one of those schools. I mean, why would you not? I mean, you could have such great gear with Cincinnati, but that has nothing to do with the football game, but that doesn't really matter either. Give you know, I'm going to take Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati. They get the big win on the road. Um, even if they don't, it, it's going to be close. Cincinnati's good. I, I do. T- I have took exception to a few analysts out there talking about better teams than Notre Dame. Cause there was an article or two out there about that. And Cincinnati yeah. was mentioned. I, yeah, I mean, too. come on, Bruce Feldman. come on, guys, come on, guys. Yeah, Bruce, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Have you seen Ritter throw a pass? Yeah. <laughs> I love the Bearcats. Love them. Fucking love <laughs> Nipper. I have a second best place in my. Second best up and coming DC in America behind Clark Lee. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I, lo- I love them. But come on. They're not. They're not on Notre Dame's level. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. So Cincinnati had a bye week last week because Cincinnati had the COVID issues or their opponent had the COVID issues. I can't recall on this. We don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Cincinnati did not disclose. um, Was there there a mass gathering uh, in one of those cities uh, with a bunch of people that don't believe in COVID? Over the past six months, I don't know if the Tulsa thing would have carried. I don't know. If, I don't know if it would have carried through for <laughs> whatever old DT was rolling into town, you know, like three months ago. I but, don't know. It just it sticks out to me. Look, this is this uh, is a tough. This is a tough one. I think both these teams are. I think this is gonna be a fun game to watch. What's the? This is a real is style like, makes fights. Is this because, like an ESPN deal or what's the deal on this? Um, as far as the, like who's the, broadcasting it and at what time yeah, am I going to watch game this game? It's on ESPN two is the, this is, as far as I can tell, this is going to be the PAC 12 after dark game because this is the first nine. This is the first, because the big oh, Ten's back. it's a niner. So this is a nine o'clock game on ESPN two. And I don't know if PAC 12 after dark, but this is like, do you remember those Kevin Sumlin teams who used to play the Houston yes. Kevin Sumlin teams? used to play at like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock kickoffs back in the day. It's one of those deals where so what you're this is going to get wild on gonna, Saturday Yeah, night. this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. All right. So Go I'm going to take uh, SMU because this is a Cincinnati Jason podcast. And I feel like maybe this is an opportunity to take a 5-0 and team against uh, a couple of homer picks. And 
<laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I think this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough one. Um, ah, f- screw it. They'll cover two and a half points, and I'm gonna take the over because the over is fifty five and a half. This is good. This is late night fun. I think. I agree with you, Jude. Oh, um, okay. Here's the thing: is if that's because Cincinnati. You, no, you cannot. Cincinnati you can't get rid of your, out of your own head. Cincinnati had lost to Tulsa. They would have bounced back against SMU because they would have moved on from Desmond Ritter, who I think should not be the starter for Cincinnati. He is not not a change. They're not going to make the change. They need to make the change because he is not going to, they need to move on to Evan Prater. It needs to happen. Um, but I'm shaking my head wildly. Being a disciple of Jim Chesso won't make the change, but I think that they will change things offensively. SMU, it, it really is a difference of teams that can score. I mean, SMU is one of the better scoring teams in the AAC, and Cincinnati is absolutely the best defensive team. So it, it really boils down to does SMU wear those sweet ass Dallas unis or not? They put those ponies on the ponies on them. You know, the biggest team Dallas. here. They had a little ba- they have a little basketball rivalry going uh, between SMU and Cincinnati down there. Uh, so yeah, give me give me SMU. Cincinnati will correct the ship, but they need to take a loss from a team with an offense in order to uh, to do it. All right. I believe, so I can't, I can't believe we're getting into this next. We are breaking the bottle of champagne on the the SS Big Ten season as the Big Ten. Um, on what October 24th is going to start their college football season with a showdown between two top 25 teams as the Minnesota golden Gophers host the Michigan Wolverines and Minnesota is a three and a half point home dog. Josh. First of all, did you know that within the last week, uh, Minneapolis recorded seven and a half inches of snow? I saw that on Kirk Herb Streets. Uh, he was retweeting pictures. Holy of shit. Oh, he put it out there? Yeah. Some, I mean, everybody was in because their game day is at Minnesota this week. Okay. Of course it is. So that's cool, except it's not going to snow uh, for the game, unfortunately. But this is a tough one for me because I have grown to really fucking despise Minnesota for small, petty reasons uh, more than more than anything else. Uh, Like really petty reasons, uh, which which is fine. But I mean, it's still Michigan. So, yeah, fuck them. Give me give me Minnesota. They'll cover Uh, Jim Harbaugh is just. Fucking pure garbage. I don't know. I mean, I, the, welcome to a season opener, but it's on the road. Uh, Minnes- the uh, the extremely talented wide receiver, Minnesota. Uh, God, what's his name again? Uh, Rashad Bateman. Yes, Bateman. Thank you. Back. Uh, yeah, he opted back in. Um, you know, I Tanner's that I. Yeah, yeah. They'll uh, they'll 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 uh, win the jug. Uh, first of all, fuck Michigan. It's rivalry week. Fuck Michigan. 
Um, <laughs> it Minnesota is a rivalry. Wins. Little brown jug. I'm getting I'm getting three and a half points for the home team. Yeah, and it's the first week of the season. Yeah, I'm yes. fuck Michigan. I'm taking Minnesota, and I'll take the points yeah, too. There you go. Wait, so you're not excited about Michigan bringing breaking in four or five new starters on their offensive line, including uh, a brand new starting quarterback in Joe Milton, who beat out uh, Dylan McCaffrey. Is, is Nico Collins coming back? Uh, no, yeah. he is not coming back. Well, that uh, he hard. hired an agent and he's out. Their well, leading receiver is a uh, three star. Uh, yeah, they 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 have full wide receipt with um, Trey Black's gone, Nico Collins gone, Donovan Peoples Jones gone, Ronnie Bell is their returning wide Trey receiver. Playing. Yeah, Trey Black's I, playing football in Texas for another. Yeah, uh, he, he's been playing ball. So um, give me Dilly Bar Dan and the Minnesota. I don't know if Dilly Bar Dan's still on the sidelines for Minnesota. Uh, if you recall that that snowy game against Ohio State where there was the, the Dilly Bar Dan was eating a Dilly Bar on the sidelines and like a oh, driving yeah. snowstorm. <laughs> Dilly Bar Dan in the uh, uh, row the boat, PJ Fleck. Man, I picked two of my least favorite coaches. You got Matt Campbell on here, Jim Harbaugh. And I picked, ag- I picked against Mac uh, Brown. I mean, I, God bless Mac Brown. I, I mean, I, I like him, but uh, I don't like the narrative. Dave Dorn is such a fucking boring concept. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, why can't I say his name? Mike Oklahoma Gundy. State's head coach, Mike Gundy. Yeah. Mike Gundy. yeah uh, you know, the, the t-shirt wear, uh, yeah. <laughs> some, and I picked against shirt. Marcus Freeman and Luke fickle guys that I like, Ugh, ugh, gross. All right. Well, let's see if I pick against more people. I don't like final game on the slate pit hosting Notre Dame. It's the first time pits allowed fans in the stadium. I think they're allowing 5,000 people's in. They're going to be mostly, um, you know, players, families, and, um, you know, assorted uh, faculty and staff. Uh, I don't know the full gist of it. I just know that they were excited about getting the players, families in there, which they should be. Uh, so, but Pitt is hosting Notre Dame. The line I have now is 10 and a half. Pitt is a uh, home dog, 10 and a half points. Joshua, the floor is yours. I've been drinking enough Maker's Mark to get to this point. Notre Dame is one and three against the spread this year. Yes. Now that's, that's not surprising. That almost feels like home, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that makes, that makes sense. But can't, uh, 10 and a half on the road feels like a lot. Pitts quarterback. Is it, our doozy putters wear jerseys. Give me the Irish. Fuck it. Uh, Look, everything, everything in my being is screaming to take the 10 and a half points in a game that always seems, always seems to be close. Always dumbing, dumb, close game. Um, and you know, Notre Dame's offensive struggles last week. Plus, you know, I don't know. There's just so much going for the taking the 10 and a half points. And yet, I'm with Josh. Screw it. Irish yes. cover 10 and a half points. Let's do this. We look, it's, it's the, it's the prove yourself game, right? 
That's right. We talked about it with, with North Carolina. Like you took them because you think they're going to come out and be like, we're better than what, what that was. Right. I, I think you got to factor that in a little bit. I always like Notre Dame a little better on the road anyways. Cause it, I mean, this year I, I, it's hard to tell, but they get away from do you, all, you put any, the, all do you the put noise any, at home. Do you put any uh, credence to the fact that this is going to, this is the first time Notre Dame in the COVID era has been on the road that, things are going to be a little bit different. Um, is, is there really? anything to that? Well, uh, yeah, I think, I think for the better, like, I, I mean, that's why I've always liked Notre Dame a little better on the road during the Brian Carey, Carey era. I know we've lost some bad ones on the road. Don't get, don't get it twisted, but sometimes they just look crisper. Like, like the weight of the world's off of them. Like there's a lot of shit going on on campus. This is a chance for you to get away um, and especially against teams that, I mean, they should be your 10 and a half point fucking favorite yeah. on the road. I mean, you should beat Pitt. I just feel like, you know, that maybe, you know, maybe that galvanizes them, you know, something, something new, something, you know, I heard, get, uh, get I heard Kyron the Williams on Packer and Durham this morning on the mm-hmm. ACC network. He was excited to wear the white unis. That's worth going out and checking out that, uh, Kyron Williams, uh, clip. It's about a 15 minute one. I mean, they uh, yeah, they, are, on, uh, uh, they are extraordinarily clean. They are clean. Um, I'm still a fan of the blues. Uh, all right. Well, I want to pick Pitt, but I, I, and everything tells me that I should pick Pitt, but I can't let you guys take Notre Dame and then watch Notre Dame <laughs> in a football game, uh, 24 to three. We've right? all stayed consistently homerish. For throughout the, the season. Oh, yeah, nobody's gone against Notre Dame on the spread. I am. No. I went first first week. Oh yeah, I you went Duke. Up, yeah, you picked up a game. And got rewarded. Oh for yeah, it. yeah. No, you did. Never mind then. I did. Mrs. Fraser, Gray. <laughs> I mean, do you want Brandon? Do you want me to pick Pitt just so it makes it makes you feel better? Well, then I would pick Pitt too. Oh um, <laughs> my God. <laughs> That's how that's how it go because I can't afford to because I I don't know I don't know how I'm supposed Juice to read this game now, because Pitt is, is starting a backup say. quarterback. Is this and, like the brand new Nexium? Yeah, yeah. This is more like the Sam Adams. I'll have uh, you know. We, my wife and I are eight episodes deep on the Nexium uh, special. My God, that, that thing was what's, intense. What's that on? HBO. Oh, excellent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it worth it? You said intense. Like, is it, is it overly? Well, I'm going to TP too intense. Like, are, are you into the Scientology shit? Like, in, into watching people, like, do Scientology and laughing at that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. The next seems for you. But just what about, add, is like, it sort of like, add what sex. was the Netflix one, um, Wild Wild World? Or what was it? Uh, the, the one about the Bashram uh, cult? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh. good. Wild Wild Country. Oh, that was right? excellent. Yeah, Wild Wild hey. Country. Yeah, that was very yeah. good. I saw a good I saw a good one today uh, about uh, about QAnon. Uh, oh my god! Someone said it. Someone said it was just uh, uh, I can't even, shit. I can't even think now. What the? <laughs> it was like the trailer park version of uh, oh of Nexium. No, it was, god damn it! I had it. I had it. I don't know. I Great story, it. Josh. Great story. Thank you very much. I, I, it, it was funny if I could just remember a name. Apparently that's not happening. 
Um, all right, so let's go to players of the game. QAnon is Trailer Park Scientology. Yes, thank you. There it is. Thank you. So let's Tell me you just Google that. I did. Tell me you just Google that. I did. Josh, who do you have on defense and offense other than uh, a pizza place in New York State? I thought it was in D.C. Oh, was it in D.C.? Oh, yeah, it was in D.C. Yeah, it's in D.C. D.C. It's like Pizza Planet or something. Not the one from. (laughs) Let's not. I feel like we're spreading uh, Uh, falsehoods here. You know, I want to go with Michael Mayer. Uh, and the big reason, <clears throat> big reason why is, I mean, we're not, we're not talking about, I mean, Kyron may pump out 140 yards, who knows? Uh, but I think Michael Mayer might end up being the big difference in the red zone this week. Yeah. Uh, where basically before the play is given to book, they tell him find Michael Mayer and fucking throw him the goddamn football. Um, so, I mean, what, gets four or five catches or whatever, maybe gets a touchdown or two. I, I think they're going to look for him in the, in the red zone. Uh, they really like him in that, in that crossing route, um, which, you know, which is great. He doesn't, it doesn't have to be that hail Mary, not hail Mary, but that, that fade pattern to the corner of the end zone with him. He's a really athletic player. He can, you know, just give him the ball and let him, you know, let him, Fucking hit motherfucker. Hook threw to him twice in the red zone last week against Louisville. He threw the one. There was one uh, over the middle that Book sailed over his head. Yeah. And then there was one where if he would have put some air under the ball and floated it to Mayer uh, towards the left corner of the end zone, Mayer probably would have came down with a touchdown. And if my, yeah. Mayer, if he didn't sail the one to Mayer on the first throw, uh, that would have been a touchdown too. So yeah, that's that's a heady pick. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm. I'm not really into picking freshmen, especially freshman tight ends yeah. as uh, offensive players of the game. But I that's just a a gut feeling right now. It was all you'll pick. You'll pick a tight end for your all decade team that only played a third of the season, though. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what does he bring to the T formation? Everything. <laughs> uh, so what do you got for defense? Defensively. Uh, <sighs> You know, maybe I just got to keep going until it doesn't happen. You know what? No. Tariq Bracey, who is, we've already talked about that, has been completely underrated by Notre Dame fans, but is having a hell of a season uh, right now. <clears throat> and he's got to get some by the end of the, by the end of the game. Yeah. By the, I think by the end of the game, maybe he snags one, but uh, his stats are going to be right up there. Um, yeah. Just give me, give me Bracey. Give me, give me the underdog here. At least the perceived underdog, anyways. I, I'm, I'm refusing. I've, I've been overthinking this for several weeks in a row. I refuse to overthink this anymore. Kyron Williams offense, Jeremiah Wusu Koromo defense. Let's <laughs> f and go. Uh, which has been back to back. Yeah. Um, which means it go. won't happen this week. But you know, maybe that means uh, I'm okay with Mayor and Bracey stepping up. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I was in the last week, but at some point, Kyle Hamilton's going to have to start picking balls, right? And who better against the red shirt transfer freshman quarterback? So give me Kyle Hamilton to, to pick a ball. Maybe he returns it to the house. That'd be great. Um, and then he would be right in line for the, uh, to, to be tied with the field. 
Um, you know, he'd be. What if Kyle Hamilton only picks off three passes this year? Then he might and tie that. And all three of them are against Boston College. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it would be a familiar sight so to the that'd coaching be a fun staff way to lose who watched. Uh, who watched? <laughs> it would be a familiar sight to uh, media members who watched fall practice last year. Um, and then offensively, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do Kyron Williams. No, no. You know what? Do it. Do it. This is the Kevin Austin game. Oh my God. This is the game where we look back and we're just like, Kevin Austin, where were you all my life? Where they've been ramping him up, Right slowly working him into the mix. This is the first time that he's officially in an or, right? Didn't they list him on the depth chart? Oh, yeah, he he is a he's a the starter or, you know what I mean? So he he's the starter or. <clears throat> he could be the starter. He could be the starter. So maybe this is the game. This is like his uh um you know, USC uh Kevin Stefferson game where the first two games they sort of ease Stefferson into it right against UNC and I can't remember who the the first team was, um, and then there was that that USC game where he just took off. Maybe this is which it. I watched. So, uh, I, I watched those highlights today because Rick. Yeah, Rick's tweeted it out. He's like blessings upon all y'all, uh, and I do what it was and was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch, watch this. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this 15 minutes of, I'll enjoy of fun church going. I don't watch Sam uh, Donald uh, poop to bed like he was a New York Jet. Yeah, I'm gonna watch Tony Jones. Uh, in his early stages of being a Trojan killer, we're in number 34. Yeah. Uh, me up. You know, I, I thought you were going to go with who my backup at uh, offensive player of the game was. Um, is it Liam Eikenberg because he kills a man on the field? It is not my backup. The, what I wanted it to do, but, but, but I would, I mean, I said what I said, uh, and, and I'm sticking by that. I was going to go with Ian book, like talk yeah. about bounce backs and about, you know, bounce back and storylines and, and all that. What I mean, and book wouldn't have to do a whole lot. No, I mean, definitely a lot more than what he's done. 70% now. of his passes, but it can, maybe 250 yeah, yards. I mean, yeah, we're talking like a normal Ian book game to like, get like a ton of praise and be looked at as player of the game. You know, let's say, yeah, he's completing 65% of his passes. 230 yards, a couple touchdowns, maybe a rushing touchdown on top of that. Or I just feel like this is a game that he, regardless of what we think about Pitt's defense, which is, I think we all respect it quite a bit. If book could put out a performance like that, don't you just automatically look at that and be like, yep, that's offensive MVP. Uh, that's, that was a hell of a game by book bouncing back from, from what he had done earlier this year. So let me ask a question to Jude, Jude, if, Ian book went for 250 yards and 120 of those yards were to a singular receiver, be it Austin, Lindsay, or even mayor, who would you give the, the offensive player of the game to, would you give it to the, the guy who caught the ball or would you give it to book? So I guess my, I'd have to ask a follow-up question, which is, are those balls in the end zone? Like, is it a chase play run- pool? Like, did he have, a, did somebody have a three or four touchdown day? Uh, How many rushing yards does Ian Book have to, on top of the 250? Ooh, good call. Yeah, like what if Ian Book runs for 65 yards on the ground and throws for 250? Then for sure it's Ian Book. Yeah. 
But if yeah. he throws if he throws three touchdown passes to um, Javon McKinley, let's just say, and <laughs> and one of those a is a, is a four a yard beast. is a four yard out that McKinley breaks five tackles to get in the end zone for, then that's why that's how we, a wide receiver gets the offensive MVP instead of Ian Buck. That's that's my feeling. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. and that's and that's I, I correct. Can't that. Yeah. But if Kevin Austin goes like five catches for a hundo, it's Kevin Austin because it's the only thing anyone's talking about on Sunday. Is well, that Notre Dame unless Congress. Ian Book went for 300 yards and three and five touchdowns. That's right. True. Well, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that problem. Come Saturday. I, 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 would, I don't think we're going to. I would love, I would love because Pitt's, Pitt's, uh, Pitt's pass defense isn't particularly great. If there is a weakness that they have, if they're not sacking the quarterback, um, they are, they are vulnerable to the pass. Uh, their, their, their linebackers in coverage are not particularly good. I watched the, like well, I said, I watched that Miami was, game. Was, there are two touchdowns Miami had that was the difference in the game. Where Miami's line or uh, uh, Pitt's linebackers look like they were on roller skates, just skating around the field, unable to to figure out. Who, it was just two blo- obvious blown assignments that Derek King took advantage of. So I don't know. If, what was if Louisville's pass defense before they played Notre Dame? It wasn't great. <laughs> Duke's not great. South Florida's not great. Point made. <laughs> South Florida is a th- total throwaway, though, because I mean, yeah, it's not like he just—they didn't like, even try. Yeah, I mean, you're not even trying. I mean, why would you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that put that uh, put that all together. God, I I really wish Pitt put the put the fucking spirit box up on the line this week. I'm just saying. Admit. It really sealed the deal for this whole rivalry vibe I got going on. I think that we I have to it, earn it. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you win it, you earn it then, right? Yeah. With the <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> earn. Earn it. Yeah. You got to earn this one. But it's not an earn. It's no. Just, well, I mean, it's kind of like an earn. It's like a box. Which I don't know what the difference between a box full of ashes and like an urn full of ashes. I mean, they're well, both kind there's of no ashes. One, spherical, one is right? spherical. Yeah. One is more of phallic in nature. I imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is true. Phallic? Do you mean phallic? <laughs> phallic. Uh, both people try. Both are. It's like you took the word Gaelic. Into... It's like you took the word Gaelic and you turn it into phallic. <laughs> Uh, Both are Jerk- items that people try and sneak Jerkovic. into Disney World and scatter. Hey, maybe I'm just maybe it's a Yinzer thing. I don't know. Felix Jerkovic. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, Jerkovic, man. Fuck you. That's his name. Is his first name Felix? <laughs> no, it's Philip. <laughs> uh, well, what do you got left, dude? What uh, what are we gonna go out with? So kind of an interesting NFL transaction that happened, I believe, yesterday. Manti Teo signed with the Chicago Bears practice squad. I think this is interesting only because Manti Teo has played all of five games in the last two NFL seasons uh, with the Saints. I think last year had two games or maybe possibly three. Um, and so he really hasn't, paid, bro. Yeah, it really hasn't paid that much. 
Um, you know, I think he told the reporter in Hawaii at the beginning of this season that if he didn't, if he didn't play again, it was no big deal because he had other interests or whatever. And I honestly thought he was, he was done done because I just didn't see a path for him to coming back. I mean, the longer you're out, the more it, it tends to, Especially um, it'd be hard to get back in or whatever. I know it's just a practice squad, but it's fun because, you know, the bears have Cole Komet and they have Sam Mustafer and they have Alex bars. Um, and so what's that? Can he play quarterback? I'm sure I can, can Manti (laughs) play quarterback? Maybe they want to give Clausen a callback. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, Jimmy's living a pretty charmed life with his, uh, two little boys out in sunny California. So I don't think Jimmy's feed is, is pretty like, uh, uh, you get a little envious cause it it, it seems very fucking chill. There's a whole lot of chill. There's a lot of, there's a lot of boating. There's a very nice pool. Lots of fires. Lots I mean, that, of, yeah, wild lots of fires. fire pit action. Yes. Lots uh, of fire pit action. Is there any, is there any G string, uh, speedos? No, thank God. Not? No. Oh, thank God. No. Yeah. So, I, I mean, his, his wife is a, was a former professional volleyball player. She's in very good shape still. Um, sometimes she, uh, does workouts with her friends. That's about it. That's all I know. Okay. Is that a classic conversation stopper? Jess Clausen works out with her friends. Classic conversation stopper number 85. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm still having a hard time just dealing with uh, enjoying anything uh, from Chicago other than home run and pizza. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited for, um, I mean, LSU, uh, recently has self-imposed themselves some sanctions. Um, <laughs> they've given themselves up eight scholarships, uh, for a two year period. Uh, they've reduced some scholarship visits, um, because, well, uh, other than Odell Beckham Jr., who is handing out hundos during the national Stats. championship game last year, Stats. like he was Lloyd Christmas at the, in Dumb and Dumber, You're right? You're going to want to hold like on handing to this him out. <laughs> uh, Not only that, but I think the more Stats. egregious one, more egregious to that is the fact that they had a booster pay the parent of an offensive lineman, Vondel Alexander, um, 18 uh, 118 or $180,000 of uh, stolen money and the money. Do you know where that was stolen from? He embezzled half a million dollars from a children's hospital. hospital. Yeah. I cannot wait for Jack Schwarbrick to get on the phone and start working to get the 2012 and 2013 wins reinstated because if LSU can keep a national title um, after egregious things, uh, monetarily speaking, uh, being uh, perpetrated under um, Ed Ogeron and the uh, uh, Tigers of LSU, I, I can't wait to see uh, Jack uh, get those wins back on the yeah. on the docket. And see, normally I don't care if if players are getting paid. Like I, right. I, do, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't give, give me a my shit. fucking wins back. back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark Emirate, give me uh, my fucking wins. I, the guy should be getting some money anyways. 
And so I don't really, I don't really care when just don't steal from a children's hospital to do it. Exactly. Exactly. That's the one. That's the big one. Like this is just some rich, rich ass motherfucker that wants to throw his money at a college kid's family. So they go, whatever, man, whatever. I'm not going to hate on anybody. Everybody's got to get paid. Right. Yeah. But you don't steal from a children's hospital. You cold, heartless motherfuckers. (laughs) It's, uh, so it's, it's important. like uh, who was the Miami booster? Um, Devin, Devin, uh, Evan Shapiro, who was Devin. like paying for abortions for strippers on boats. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a class act. So it's class important act. to know that Vandal Alexander didn't play on last year's team. He was on the 2012, 13, 14, and 15 squads for LSU. And yeah. and he the played him through after the right? And, and, and the having, thing was after the game. And having and having said that, um, LS, the the difference between what Brendan said and the and the LSU thing is that LSU went and tried to self impose sanctions, and now they're waiting for for the NCAA to sign off on that. And the NCAA could definitely come in and say, no, those sanctions aren't tough enough. So you know I, what LSU didn't say though, LSU didn't say we might be talking about, uh, you know. Vacating some wins, unlike some motherfuckers over in South Bend. Like, shut your goddamn mouth. You don't ever bring it up. Don't ever, don't fucking ever. You didn't do it. It wasn't me. Don't ever fucking admit, if ever again, to That's anything. True. That's what got another name popped. They, they admitted it. it was, it, they I self-admitted mean, it. Your law school supposedly is going to get a Supreme Court justice put on the bench, Right. So be better at law. Be better. <laughs> I mean, I, not even. I, I will have their Supreme Court justice on the bench next my, month on Monday. My, my so recollection you can't even is, get out of fucking. Yeah, absurd. My recollection <laughs> is not that Notre Dame offered to vacate wins. My recollection is the NCA imposed vacating wins on Notre Dame. Um, so no, it was impl- It was implied that first press conference. That first press conference where they talked about it, he fucking stated. We could be looking at vacated wins. Like you don't shut your fucking mouth. You don't ever suggest any punishment. If my kids suggest a punishment, I'm gonna do it, and then I'm gonna do something else on top of it. Well, I look. The one thing is that the NCAA has been frustratingly inconsistent when it comes to these things. I think if you pay somebody 108 or you pay somebody's family $180,000 to attend your school, you should lose all the games that player participated in. So I would look forward to a vacating of wins. I think fair is fair, but and that's the I, thing though. I don't agree with that either. Like I hate vac- like the wins that USC had to vacate. It's all nonsense. Like they won those fucking games. They played them regardless of they did, guys, but like guys, of the guy should be out there or not. It's, so I'm not. I don't have a double standard for Notre Dame on this. I they fucking play. I think the the vacating of wins is just stupid. You're never gonna. So, so what's not the tell me they want? I mean, other things. I just don't think that's like, a part of it. Like vacating scholarships. Scholarships. Okay, that's so you're gonna you're gonna hurt a a team that has nothing to do with this guy for something that this guy did before they were even there, before they were even in high school. If a guy, if a okay, so a guy robs a house and kills uh, the husband while robbing the house. Why are we punishing the robber's kids by sending his dad to jail? See what I'm saying? 
No. So should we not send the <laughs> robber <laughs> chair? That's fuck. a terrible analogy. That's terrible. Fuck. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not. There's not a familial so, relationship so no, between. If, listen, between so I got three kids. I need to go on a robbing spree because I'm going to be like, make, Your make Honor, decisions I in the schools. <clears throat> when you're in recruiting, make a better decision then. There's a life lesson for you then. Don't go to a shady school because they may get caught up in some shit and then you're fucked. I mean, how would you have known it was shady before it got before they got popped, because, though? Because, probably because you were getting recruited by LSU and I'm sure you got approached by a bag man. No, when a bag man shows up to Cecil Newton's house, hey, would you, would he's you like, play excuse me, you sir, I would like your son to play for Auburn. And Cecil's like, you got it, dude. And then he lets us then and then Cam goes to, to Auburn and they win a title. And then Auburn just I mean, there is no doubt that, that Cam Newton was bought by Auburn. And even if they vacated the wins, they have that title forever. So I guess there is no there is no downside to paying for a player, Big right? Vacating is stupid. Vacating is just stupid. Hammer them with scholarships, and I don't. If the players that are there, let's say hey, that's their own fault. You chose that school. Fuck off. I mean, pick make better life decisions. The thing is, I don't think either one of those solutions why, are great. Why should, but there, okay, Jude, there should okay. be some punishment. Listen. Hey Jude, why should the employees at Purdue Pharmaceuticals uh, be have to take pay cuts? Because their employer has to owe eight and a half billion dollars now uh, after a, committing three fucking major felonies. You know what I'm saying? It's like your your life choice. You, that was your decision to work for them. So now you have to move on. Why pun it? Why God? It's stupid. Vacating is stupid. I thought why. The whole, well, I think it's the opposite is, Josh, you're arguing for the don't give sanctions as far as scholarship limits, right? Uh, the son should not pay for the sins of the father is, I think, the, the route you're taking. Vacating I, wins is just like the father actually takes the punishment and then uh, the son doesn't pay for anything because like – I just think the va- vacating of wins is just is just stupid. The games are played. You're not going to unsee it. It happened. It happened. I mean, bad calls are made, right? It's all a consequence of whatever. But if you're going to punish someone because they did something wrong, did you Here's do the thing, that? Here's thing, though. Moving forward. I ha- when, when you can't I go, go like back This ain't time, cops. You can't when go I go back to Winsipedia, when I go to Winsipedia and I go to Wikipedia and I go to, um, you know, collegefootballreference.com, I have to add back in 20... 20- <laughs> 12 and 2013 wins it's and losses because Notre Dame fell from sixth to or from second in wins to sixth after that. So yeah, and they lost an undefeated regular season. Thing. At least Notre Dame in-house only uses the non-vacated record, right? No, they, they put they, the stupid they, asterisks out, right? They put, they put the asterisks on it, but but at least they put the real record on there. Oh yeah, yeah, they do both. So. so I, I, yeah, I mean, the, the, John Claude Van Damme ain't walking through that door. All right. We, you can't go back in time and make and make right what the wrongs are. It, it only only involves what is moving on in the future. A guy ro- go, goes and robs a house and kills the husband. You can't go back in time and like send that kid to send that guy into detention to try to shape him up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think that analogy works, but that's OK. Chaos all around. Time cop. You're going time cop on me. And I get what you're saying. 
was your time cop reference. Same matter can't occupy same space. Your scientists were so preoccupied that they with why they could do it, they didn't bother to think if they should do it. Should do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh man, I think this. I think we've come to the point of the podcast where I think I, I think that's enough. I think we did it. We did it. We did the thing. Uh, yeah. So once again, get over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating review. Uh, five stars, please. And hey, if you want to have a conversation, uh, head on over to the site. Uh, check out the articles. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, d- don't worry about Facebook. Just stay the fuck away. From <laughs> Everybody should get away from At that. least until after November 3rd. Or forever would be. Or forever, yeah. Uh, and that's it. So thank you for uh, thank you for listening to the show. And uh, as always, go Irish. <laughs>